Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What's going on, Internet? Analytic here, a.k.a. Dreams, and I would like to welcome you to mine, which I call the Notorious Mass Effect Podcast. Now, of course, have to give an update for episode 133, as, of course, it's back-to-back episodes, back-to-back weeks. You know, shout-out to me for that, you know, even though I upload daily, of course, because I cover the latest gaming news and hip-hop. Of course, follow my podcast platforms and my link tree in my bio to keep up with that. But, of course, with the episodes, it comes very sporadic nowadays simply for the fact that I believe y'all like the up-to-date in real time coverage so whenever i do these episodes i try to make it in a way that it's one entertaining of course but also impactful in a way that you will leave away and and be able to use that knowledge for somebody else whether you're an avid gamer or one of the more avid hip-hop fans so of course you're going to get both of that in, in this episode as this is the 2023 hip-hop and gaming year-end wrap-up but before we get to that i have to announce my own analytic dreams year-end wrap-up because not to toot my own horn because this is specifically what y'all have accomplished so i'm letting y'all know as the masses what you guys have and girls have accomplished together Starting with Red Circle, of course, this is going to be basically the update. Me just letting y'all know how in totality y'all impacted the platform and where it is and where it stands today. Wait, hold up. Before we get into that, right? I got to tell y'all something. So I'm building a PC. And I think I talked about this in the last episode. But fast forward to now. When I say I'm hard headed, I really mean it. So many people in the mass, in the masses, the notorious Mass Effect community, giving me advice for my build, which I definitely took. So I didn't mess up in that aspect. But then there was a few people who are even offering to give me live in real time IRL, if I can even get that out to be more specific, was wanting to tell me step by step on how to put it together but guess what did i do that did i take them up on that offer the free offer might i add do y'all know that people make a living off of putting pcs together and a bunch of people in the mass effect community was wanting to help me put it together for free for the free ski for free 99 to put it in perspective 
I ended up doing it myself. Yes, I know for the people who was offering and listen to this episode, they're probably gonna be like, how could you ask for advice, get the parts that we offered and, and advise you to give, and then not hit us up to help you put it together? Well, I learned my lesson and it was a great lesson because I want to get the experience of trial and error and putting together my PC. But at the end of the day, I am no PC expert. And it definitely showed when I ended up finalizing my build. <laughs> so of course, something went wrong. I put the PC together. Of course it was running well, but it wasn't displaying on my monitor. So I'm thinking, to myself well i must have messed up on something minor because it's only not displaying on my monitor obviously the pc is all right it's intact it's running it's not blowing up you know i heard some people put the pcs together and it blew up you know on some android phone on the airplane type beat but for me i'm like i have successfully put this pc together and it's just a minor setback that is not displaying on my laptop that's what i thought at that time, did I take up the offer of the people who was wanting to help me put it together? Of course not. I took it to a professional. I know y'all offering me advice for free 99 and I'm out here paying professionals to look at my lap, uh, my PC because I don't know what's wrong. I did all the Googling, Reddit searches in the world, ended up realizing that the RAM was not the issue. <laughs> Everybody was like, just reset the RAM. Just one RAM, restart it, then it should work. Boom, magic, right? No, it ain't happened like that. I messed with the RAM, still messed up. So here I am, let me just take it to a professional. Keep in mind, could have easily got this for free from the multiple people who reached out to tell me they would do it for free. Took it to a professional, guess how much that cost me? I don't even wanna say, man. It just knows in the triple digits. So I'm out here spending big money just to have somebody look at it just to have them look at it then they told me oh your core chip is burnt guess what i did i took off the cooling system protector before actually putting it on because i'm thinking what in the world is all this glue on my cooling system i mean why if such a complicated and, and complex and intricate machine why would it this specific part have so much glue on it like what is the purpose of this well, come to find out, that's called thermal paste, ladies and gentlemen. And that is specifically why my core chip is messed up. So I accidentally had it all around when I was building. So I didn't have that much thermal paste left. So it messed up my core chip. Now, did I tell Amazon that? Of course not. Got my refund. <laughs> I was like, hey, I don't know. Y'all can send me a faulty chip. Hey, if they hear this, allegedly. <laughs> no, just play. But anyways, that's so that's what ended up happening. So not only is my core chip messed up, but my motherboard is missing pins. So not only that, I feel like the motherboard part was faulty, but I have to take the L because maybe I did something for the pins to fall off because the professional told me my core chips messed up and my motherboard is missing some pins. Now, did I miss manhandle my motherboard while putting it in no i handled it with the utmost care so i don't know what happened so long story short because i don't want to bore y'all with this pc talk i have to get a new motherboard courtship and paying somebody to put it together 
after I replaced those parts, of course, with the refund, because I <laughs> I don't know how I got messed up. Y'all must have did it. Not me, obviously, you know, so I had to get my refund just in case Intel or uh, NVIDIA is listening to this. But at the end of the day, let this be a lesson learned that sometimes it's just better to have somebody alongside you to guide you throughout the process instead of trying to do it yourself. Even though I gained a lot of knowledge on how to put together PCs, obviously, I'm still a novice when it comes to it because I completely did not accomplish my mission what did kobe say is the mission accomplished it don't look like it to me and for me could easily got the service for free if i ended up going to a professional so for all my people out there who was giving me advice um you know i definitely took your advice as he did he, he did tell me my pc is going to be a beast once it's put together but we're gonna have to you know restart and get the motherboard and court chip replaced so um yeah that's currently what's happening right now did get my refund that's the biggest part because imagine messing it i'm at that would have been an expensive mistake if i would have had to actually pay out my own pocket again from another motherboard and another court chip man talk about burning money so i'm so glad i got the refund but yeah just wanted to start off with that now let's get into y'all accomplishment because y'all came through unlike me with my pc bill prog uh process y'all actually accomplished the mission and putting us on the map as we were one of the biggest hip-hop platforms in 2023 now when i say one of the biggest obviously i'm not talking no joe budden academics type level but when you're on the underground scene making noise it's still an accomplishment in itself because some people are out here still trying to um attract the masses in their own unique way and for me and because of y'all we have accomplished that to a certain extent obviously we have a lot more to go uh for 2024 and on but for 2023 on red circle of course um i'm going to put together a little graph and then at the end of the day at the end of the day at some point i'm gonna put together a graph and i'm gonna put it up for y'all to see but as i'm talking so the numbers may look different on the graph i make but as of now we surpassed 2.4 million total downloads for 2023 53 well 53 uh, weekly downloads and obviously that fluctuates i've seen it go from 80 to 60 to 50 so we really stay in that range of 50 to 80 so i know it's a huge like jump but you know sometimes people want to hear specific artists if i'm not talking about that artist there you know it's like it's like the news you know it's the reason why espn talks about lebron 24 7 similar to how i talk about drake but you know that's besides the point so 2.5 total downloads that y'all have accomplished for 2023 weekly downloads so i really appreciate the people who come in time and time and again to listen to me break down the latest uh hip-hop and gaming news and as far as the top performing segments um for the year i'm just gonna give the top three right Y'all really enjoyed the Baby King, Kendrick Lamar, Hillbillies uh, review. Y'all really enjoyed when I get into my Latin artist bag, as when I talked about Bad Bunny and Grupo Frontera. Y'all really enjoyed that. Uh, shout out to my people over in Mexico. We're going get to get to y'all in a second. And then, of course, third but definitely not least was the 
the AI or unreleased, I think it was the unreleased track from Drake and Billie Eilish titled Blind Faith. Because I believe they do have a track, it's just never seen the light of day. Like DSPs, none of that. It did not see the light of day. But we still have it on SoundCloud. You can look it up on YouTube or whatever. But Drake and Billie Eilish, Blind Faith, uh, Blind Faith, yeah, I've really enjoyed that review. So as far as my top three performing segments for the year, that is... Um, those are the segments so in general i think the uh that's really important because just to put in perspective on what type of content y'all like which is why i give more in-depth uh song specific reviews as y'all seem to enjoy that type of in real time coverage of music and gaming of course so and uh let me see trying to see one second um can i find it sorry give me one okay i cannot find it well that's okay oh that's what it is okay and my biggest gaming segment was the super mario bros movie review which technically you could be like oh that's a movie not a game don't disrespect mario <laughs> at the end of the day at its core at its precipice if i use that word correctly mario is one of the greatest video game characters of all time but for me personally and i'm a little biased i have him behind shepherd from mass effect of course but if i'm putting my bias to the side i would have to say mario is the most notorious video game character of all time so I'm glad that my review of the movie did so well and performed so well on my podcast as I see the masses, which is all, have uh, great taste. And that's another thing. You know, people come up with their own name when it comes to uh, supporting. Because I don't like to call y'all fans because y'all support and y'all hold a certain weight in every single content creator's life. And I don't want you to feel like, oh, he's at a level that i'm not at like we're all at the same level working together with this notorious mass effect brand i don't ever want it to seem like oh i'm talking to y'all y'all not talking back i try to have y'all sentiments on this pod uh, a lot as you see i've had people throughout the pod uh, on certain egg, uh, segments like um shout out to hidden um hidden um uh, leaf village i don't know why <laughs> i'm tripping but uh basically Hidden Leaf Village with the whole um, unreleased tracks. Y'all go uh, follow him, of course. And I'm definitely doing a terrible job at plugging him. But as I'm rambling and doing a terrible job at plugging him, I'm currently looking up his uh, platform because, of course, I follow, you know, of course. So make sure to go to IG, you know, and go to Hidden Leak village definitely not hidden leaf i don't know what i was thinking i think i was thinking about the naruto because it's like inspired from naruto similar to how notorious mass effect is inspired by big and shepherd for mass effect but anyways um so hidden leak village on instagram i had him on for the little uzi uh pink tape review so if you looked that up we did that review in miami i know subtle flex or slight flex whatever you want to call it you know we flexing you know what i mean so <laughs> so that review was great uh it did numbers of course and uh people seem to like his take because he's definitely an avid uzi fan so shout out to him once again instagram hidden leak village make sure to go follow him but 
at the end of the day um let's get back into the masses so th those were the numbers for red circle oh i did say i was going to get into some of the um uh, geo location type performance so for 2023 the top performance of course drum roll not just play I ain't, got, I ain't got that yet in your pc hey like i said i messed it up so uh sound effects are coming later down the line um united states of course y'all came in number one i appreciate y'all I, I would like for my home state to you know support so i'm glad to see them at number one what's so special about hero bread soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas these ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar fewer calories and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health shop now at hero.co number two is mexico i was gonna say mexico but y'all know I, I can't speak spanish so let me not even try to appropriate y'all language like drake does all the time but anyway that's besides the point right united kingdom came in at number three now that's a that was a close race between united kingdom and canada so for all my uk people out there listening to them uk things you know um is that canada slang or uk i think that's uk right anyways i'm pretty sure y'all enjoyed my central c dave coverage and um uh what's his name stormzy coverage pretty sure y'all enjoyed those type of uh track reviews canada of course i mean the way i'll be talking about drake y'all probably y'all might as well y'all may have to step it up and be number one next year because you know i'm talking about y'all best artists you know what i mean yes, i'm just saying you know i'm just saying so anyways those are the top three well really four but anyways just giving y'all a little insight into how y'all are impacting the uh, podcast and what other content creator do you know that's as transparent with the numbers like this because the biggest thing between me and y'all is that i have access to certain numbers that y'all can't see so I, I at least want to be transparent and let y'all know now am i gonna let y'all know the certain dollar amount and all that of course not like you know we got to keep it to a certain extent you know what i mean can't be out here doxing me to the irs not it's funny <laughs> i'm just joking irs if you listen i'm broke um but anyways youtube because for some reason twitter and tiktok wants to cap my analytics at 30 days or 90 days i don't know if it's maybe a premium subscription that i'm not subscribed to to see my numbers but they do not understand that um analytics or showing the lifetime analytics helps because maybe somebody will shout out the platform kind of like how i'm doing now even though they're way bigger but you know every little shout out helps i don't care how small or big you are so we're just gonna focus on red circle and youtube because those are the only platforms that gives me my lifetime well, not lifetime my uh year um analytics so with that being said let's go to youtube go to the last 365 days and goodness gracious man when i put this chart together y'all have really outdid yourselves for 2023 you know how the barb stepped up for Nicki minaj for pink friday too i'm not going to call y'all the barbs of course but um for the masses we accomplished 3.1 million with the with the m views on youtube for 2023 and then watch time of course um was 48.3 thousand as far as hours and then subscribers that was the big one for me i was like everybody's watching and listening but nobody's subscribing <laughs> but i think once i complained enough because i think you just have to bring it to people's attention and they'd be like oh yeah wait i'm not subscribed maybe i should subscribe to get notifications so we went from not really getting too much traction when it came to subscribers to accomplishing or accumulating 12.6 thousand 
subscribers on YouTube for the year 2023. Now, for me, you know, for the people like Mr. Beast or RDC World or the Black Okage, you know, those might not be the, the biggest numbers in the world. Um, I just said those names because that's the content I watch. But like I keep saying, you really have to appreciate any type of traction you get in a content content space especially if it seems like it's on the upward trend like um notorious mass effect is i like to point out the the any w that y'all have accomplished so 12.6 thousand subscribers for everybody who subscribed to the youtube channel i definitely appreciate you and you know what hold up give me one second let me bring this over right quick for the people who's not subscribed and if you want to see this whole podcast and um i just I just clicked off a really important uh, article I needed. Hold up, give me one second. Let me see, recently closed. Yeah, I need that. Bring that back over here. We going. Okay. So anyways, let me make sure y'all can see this right quick. So for the people who don't know, I do the video along with the audio. Make sure to follow Analytic Dreams video on Spotify, specifically Spotify for the video version along with the audio. It's analytic dreams video so not analytic dreams notorious mass effect not to get it confused with that just type in analytic dreams video on spotify to see the video along with the audio for this episode but anyways uh shameless plug shameless plug make sure to follow the podcast as you see right here um, i wasn't joking about who i watched look that the academy academics black hokage and rdc world that's why i said that those are my three main inspirations for the reason i even started content creation if y'all wanted to know obviously academics is the hip-hop side the biggest voice when it comes to hip-hop not even close and being impactful the black hokage um i'm not going to say the biggest no disrespect i'm just going to say the most informative and entertaining gaming creator in the space that i resonate with and then for rdc world it's really just overall entertainment because of course they talk about hip-hop gaming but the overall aspect of just creating content films movies um i've covered the uh video game house just looked that up uh and uh anime house analytic dreams video game house analytic dreams or anime house analytic dreams i covered both of those because of, i'm a huge fan so i would like to I, well i do support um on my pot on my platform so anyways as you can see right here um as you can see right here hold up give me one second i'm gonna have to take one of these off yeah okay i'm doing this on the fly so you you, you already know how that go let me see. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, I don't know why. Why is that one not showing? Give me one second. Technical difficulties right here. You got you gotta love it on the urine wrap up episode. Oh, okay, I got it. I got it. Okay. Um, and just to be, you know, I'm definitely I, I just couldn't show y'all my main uh creator section of me going through the settings, but I always put shorts up and take them down if they're not uh performing well. 
because I usually know if it's going to perform because usually I know when it's in the algorithm or not. It's very noticeable, which makes me feel like is it luck or is it, you know what I mean? Like it's very obvious when I'm in the algorithm and when I'm not. But anyways, all right. So this is the shorts. Of course, this one just came out today with uh, Taraji P. Henson, and uh, that's doing well right now. You know, people are commenting, uh, very, they're saying very interesting things about Taraji, <laughs> but hey, it's whatever, you know what I mean? Uh, I very much like the, um, the the engagement I get on this YouTube channel, but definitely follow. Remember, Analytic Dreams video on Spotify to see the video aspect of this podcast, but as you can see, they usually end up, uh, you know, it's a slow grind right now with 318, but usually whenever I look at the engagement, know I'm in the algorithm, as you can see right here with the likes, with the likes and the comments, you can see I'm in the algorithm, so I'm going to leave that up. But anyways, you see right here, 3.1 thousand, 2.4, 3,000, 19,000, 1.3, like, and they're all with comments, like y'all really do support when it comes to that. See, all of these comments and likes, like y'all really do engage with the with the content and of course even my own i started to put long form content on youtube and y'all engage with that as well as this one has 8.4 thousand nine days ago 7.7 views uh one month ago but in totality like it's been going up like the first time i put it out 2.8 thousand because i really didn't put my own content on my youtube because i feel like y'all only wanted to see certain content from famous creators like interview style and shorts more specifically none of my videos really did well so for these to come out and do well i'm really excited about this trend as if y'all really keep supporting uh with these long video content long form video content on youtube i'll keep putting it out at a faster pace but of course you see right here we just kept going up like the first video i put out 2.8 thousand i'm like oh okay y'all really enjoyed the video like right here i turned the i made to um i turned off like well, I turned on show likes, but it still doesn't. I don't know why it doesn't do that. But anyways, as you can see, people commenting and everything like people are engaging with these videos just like they are with the shorts. So that that gives me so much encouragement to keep going with these. Well, keep going with putting the podcast on YouTube, because if you don't know, obviously I get paid from podcasts. I don't get paid from YouTube at all. So these numbers don't mean any. Well, not I'm not going to say don't mean anything. That's definitely that's not true at all. Um, these numbers don't mean anything when it comes to monetization like i haven't received a dime from any of these numbers like i said we put up 3.1 million views in the year of 2023 haven't seen a dime from that so i don't know how that works but hey whatever so because they have little eligibility stats or whatever but it never makes sense when it comes to my shorts uh and and the numbers that they do it never makes sense but whatever so hopefully this long form keeps going the way it does uh right now if you don't know, it's really just the uh, um it's really the free version <laughs> of the podcast. You saw you saw how I paused before I said that. But as I keep saying, what other content creator is gonna be this transparent with the audience? This is technically the free version. So you can watch the whole thing for free on YouTube. Who else will tell you that? Y'all would be like, oh, you throwing away the bag, right? You don't care about the bag. You tell them where to get for free when you should just keep telling them to uh, watch and listen on Spotify. But hey, I'm letting y'all know because hey, somebody got to do it, right? So uh, first one was 2.8. Th 2 Second episode I put up was 4,000. And y'all can read, right? I'm not going to insult your intelligence. But um, as you can see, it kept going up and up. I think people started to realize like, oh, he's starting to post on YouTube for the free ski. 
and technically ads are skippable on podcasts which is why i don't really like uh red circle handles that aspect of it but because they're skippable i don't really um uh i don't really think they're that intrusive because you can literally hit the skip button just like you do on every video on youtube with ads you just hit the skip button and keep going so anyways um and i say skip button i mean like the 30 second fast forward button so with that being said these are my numbers for youtube uh these are my numbers overall for uh, the shorts and the long form video as i said 3.1 million total views for uh 48.3 total hours as far as uh 2023 and 12.6 thousand subscribers so look at that number right now 12.8 thousand subscribers and 12.6 of them came this year combining this type of impact with my podcast platforms impact and I, 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 I didn't even talk about the numbers for my video podcast those are that's like in the 30 to 40 thousand range for the year because i started that later in the year but combining all of that y'all have really showed out like you know what hold up man y'all gotta give a round of applause for yourself because at this at this point y'all really did y'all did it now like obviously we have more to go like kobe said job not done job look done no it's not you know what i mean job not finished with the tongue and cheek you know what i'm saying but definitely clap it up for y'all as i don't even know if that's loud enough there we go definitely clap it up for y'all as the biggest reason that i post so consistently is because the support grew immensely and i don't want that to get misconstrued with me not having a passion for it because of course i would have did this if it was for the free ski but at the end of the day let me turn the beat back down live live editing you gotta love it right but anyways let me see how loud it is all right so live editing you you gotta love you gotta love it so um yeah so anyways basically i do it out of love for the for the uh topic hip-hop and gaming i've always been passionate about but of course the immense support that i keep getting from my audience and for the people who hit me directly whether it's via my link tree on my social medias or directly for the people who know me personally that hit me on my uh social media accounts hopefully y'all know how much i appreciate y'all how much input i take from y'all and put it back into the product because this is really our creation without y'all there would be no uh traction and obviously without me to be you no know, notorious because you know i came up with the brand you know i'm not bragging i'm just letting you know you know putting the facts up there <laughs> so anyways uh that's basically it you know i ain't gonna draw it out too long that's that's basically how long i wanted to talk about it because i wanted to give y'all y'all's uh pat on the back and y'all's flowers to quote drink champs as y'all really make this engine go so with that being said, uh, let me put that back up on the screen. With that being said, let's get into the actual title of the episode, which I already said previously, but let me say it again. The Notorious Mass Effect episode 133, 24, uh, episode 133. We're going to be getting into 2023 hip-hop and gaming year-end wrap-up where else will you get this much gaming and hip-hop content in one space at a such high level i would say at this point the amount of hours i didn't put into this craft i would say that i know my stuff when i'm talking about hip-hop and gaming and of course if i do say something incorrect then y'all are definitely 
open to critique me you point out stuff and i'll fix it of course because you know nobody's perfect but anyways before that before this year end wrap up which is going to be a, a long episode i can already tell you we're going to get into a lot of content because i'm getting into the business leaders well the numbers leaders uh, let's just use my name the analytic leaders of hip-hop and gaming so we're going to get into the top of the top and then we're going to of each uh particular topic and then we're going to get into my personal picks for hip-hop and gaming so not only are we talking about the analytical side because we want to be analytic dreams without analyzing the dream-like numbers and then we're going to get into my personal take which is me talking about my favorite gaming and hip-hop moments but before that make sure to click my link tree in my bio to access my social medias and follow to keep up with my latest activities. If you want to support the show financially, click my Cash App link located towards the bottom of my link tree as it helps the show overall. Also, make sure to share this podcast rating the show five stars as this helps the show reach more people so we can grow together and affect the masses. Now, without further ado, let's get into the 2023 hip hop and gaming year in wrap up the game awards 2023 winners we're about to get into the winners and losers shout out to my spider-man fan base because i am a part of y'all but i do not share the same vitriol that y'all have for the game awards i can acknowledge <laughs> that spider-man Basically, Spider-Man 2, which is Spider-Man PS5 to me. Because I don't see any Spider-Man coming out in the same console lifespan, but that's besides the point. For the amount of content we got compared to the games it was pit against, pit up against, I saw it as an uphill battle and I knew that they could probably end up not winning any awards. Now... The biggest one that I thought that Spider-Man... It started right off the gate with Spider-Man talk. Because if you're getting into the Game Awards, me always saying that Spider-Man is my favorite fictional creation of all time, you already know. Forget all the other games. Let's get into the Spider-Man core fan base. Let me talk to y'all right quick. Spider-Man is obviously a good game. It's just not enough content in the game to compete with the Baldur's Gate compete with the Alan Wake 2 compete with uh, Zelda or Mario so much content in a game when it's great it's just hard to compete with if you're not at the same uh, if you're not at the same runtime as far as how long it takes to beat the game does every game have to be 100 hours to compete with a 100 hour game of course not but if it feels like you're literally taking away content to put out in the future, we're going to have a problem with it as Spider-Man took like 20 to 30 hours to beat. And I'm sorry if that doesn't win out against a plethora of 80 to 100 hour games. <laughs> so with that being said, let's get into the actual news, which is the Game Awards 2023 as Baldur's Gate didn't sweep, of course, but had a nice battle with Alan Wake 2 as those were the prominent games that was getting awards throughout the show. Baldur's Gate 3 ended up getting Game of the Year, which was the biggest, of course, Best RPG, Best Community Support, 
best multiplayer player's choice award best performance and alan wake ended up getting best direction best narrative and best art direction now if you're not already make sure to go to analytic dreams video on spotify to see the video along with the audio because we're also getting into the website which has the old the whole all of the categories up for you to see as we click through it because we're basically going to com compare the winners to what i voted for because i just want to see how many lined up and basically that will help me also give more of an industry year-end wrap-up for 2023 because it will touch all bases as the game awards usually does so of course the memorable moments was basically them ushering all of the winners off the stage after 1.2 seconds of speaking. <laughs> like literally the trailers was the biggest part of the game award show to the point where I'm like, is this E3 or is this a game awards show? <laughs> like, I don't understand what is the point of rushing the award winners off the stage when there's literally the premise of the show the game awards it's not the game trailers it's not the game showcases it's the game awards you're giving awards to award winners why not have them speak longer for what they were on stage like if you actually watch the game awards you will see them get up there talk for like three point well point three seconds and then somebody would put up um okay please wrap it up like there was literally a light or yeah in the stage in the backstage so you couldn't see if you was in the audience but if you if you turn around you could see it because a lot of people took pictures of it in videos making fun at the game awards basically they'll say please wrap it up and if you didn't wrap it up guess what they start playing music <laughs> so yeah i didn't think that was cool because i thought it was the game Awards show it's not e3 i'm pretty sure there's a show that G uh jeff Keeley, which is the owner of this also owns which is the summer games fest why not do all the showcases at that event rather than the awards the awards should be filled with speeches from people who are winners we want to hear from winners not trailers that are going to end up losing in the long haul nobody wants to see a trailer of a game that's never going to see the light of day right blade came out with the trailer literally says not coming out to 2027 what in the world does that have to do with the 2023 game award show <laughs> we're gonna be in 2025 seeing maybe gameplay of blade and be like oh that was the game that was showcased in 2023 when they said it's not coming out tw till 2027 like what are we doing this is the game award show for 2023 please keep any games past 2023 i would just keep if you're gonna showcase games at least keep it in a year time uh time capsule like we don't want to hear no game that's coming out three to four years from now like come on now like we're not doing none of that so anyways um there's a lot of trailers and stuff i'm not going to talk about that because i kind of gave my sentiments on how i felt about that i felt like winners should get the chance to showcase why they won in their and why they are uh thankful for the award they've received like the actor for Kratos, which I forget, uh, the voice actor for Kratos, when he gave his speech for winning voice actor of the year, it was really impactful, inspirational. Like, y'all just cutting all that short just to show some trash gameplay from a, a trailer for a game that's not going to come out to like 2050. So let's stop with that. So anyways, um, as far as the overall score, I'll still give it a C- minus because they definitely 
up the production had a lot of prominent actors come on which basically showcases the gaming industry's lands uh status and, and place in the entertainment landscape as is making so is generating so much revenue in the industry to where all these other actors um rappers ball players want to get involved in certain uh, campaigns like you see the call of duty campaign with Nicki mirage i think two chains i forget but anyways of course you see fortnite with everybody i mean travis scott lebron james to like spider-man and darth vader like that's the broad spectrum but as far as like real people obviously you see what i'm talking about as people are gravitating towards having more collaborations in the gaming space which not to be that person because we're talking about gaming but drake did pioneer a certain movement when he had that stream with ninja for fortnite everybody remembers that moment and from there uh, miraculously everybody started to collaborate with gaming figures more so i don't know how that happened you know what i mean maybe Maybe Drake's just a goat. Maybe that's what it is. So anyways, let's get into the uh, actual list. That's basically, I just wanted to give an overview of the Game Awards before I went into each and every category. So hopefully I did a good job on giving an overview for that. Let's start with the best esports event for the game, the 2023 Game Awards show. And what I want to do is I also have, let me see if I have it right here. Yeah, I have my own predictions up. I put on my own video. It's funny uh, to see what I pick as far as uh, my selections. And so... Let me see if I can. Yeah, there we go. Make sure it doesn't play sound. Um, so I'm going to be playing that video to make sure I know what I pick along with what actually won. So we can kind of uh, gauge the two and see how on the nose I was. As you know, some of them was personal picks. Some of them was political picks. But we're just to be fair, we're going to go off of my picks. So my picks that I put in. So anyways, because um, if you don't remember, which shameless plug, the Game Awards, analytic dreams and it should pop up i gave a whole segment before the the war show even happened basically predicting who will win or who i wanted to win so it was like two predictions in one which is kind of cheating but hey so we're going to go with the ones i actually pick which is my personal picks for wanting to win so anyways first one best esports event 2023 league of legends world championship i chose the evo 2023 to win but obviously it didn't win uh 2023 league of legends won and that's not surprised i think league of legends is one of the most long-standing games of all time if i'm not mistaken like league of legends is up there i'm not gonna say like tetris because of course that's to quote my man Stephen a that's blasphemy but it's one of the more long-standing games in uh gaming history so i mean unless you want to count mario but technically anyways i'm talking about the game not changing from like not having a sequel or whatever it's just like league of legends and then that's it like as far as play it's like gta 5 type effect um but maybe even more i have to look at the numbers i don't know which one is more successful i would have to say league of legends over gta 5 but you never know because you just never know so <laughs> anyways let's go to the next one so let me see I don't know why I said my vote wasn't cast, even though I did cast a vote and I'm signed in, but you know, whatever. Um, best esports coach. I don't think we care about that. Best esports team. I mean, y'all can see it for yourself. Analytic Dreams video on Spotify, just, you know, letting you know where you can get the video along with the audio, but you can see it for yourself for the ones we skip. So, best esports coach, you see that one. Best esports team, you see that one. Uh, wait, hold up. Was FaZe in that one? No? Okay. Um, best esports athlete you see who won that um 
You know, it's so funny. I think I picked Faker. Hold up. I just want to clarify if I picked him or not. Because I'm pretty sure I picked. I'm trying to see if I picked him or not. Um, I don't know why it's so hard for me to. Did I just skip that? There's no way I just skipped it. It's. Oh, okay, here. Cause I think I picked it for the name. Which is probably not the best, you know, selection process. I did, I did pick the name. Hold up. That's crazy. So let me see. I literally picked this man because of his name. I wonder if I could drag it over. Yeah, I should be able to see it right now. I picked up this is my video. I have it up right now. <laughs> so I actually voted for him based off his name. And I'm not saying that's why he won. But you get a nickname like Faker, you got to win something, right? Because that's a that's a pretty fire name. So I know y'all probably didn't care about the esports athlete, but I'm pretty sure I picked him and I was right because I looked at the video. But we're going to just skip past that one. So best esports game, Valorant. Oh, okay, so yeah, this is probably the first one y'all probably care about. So for my gamers out there, of course, I'm not well versed in the esports field, but I do know that dota 2 and counter-strike 2 was probably the only real competition to valorant i mean i know somebody out there who's a league of legends fan is gonna be like no nah, league of legends could have won it but as far as mainstream i've heard valorant by far i've heard counter-strike 2 and that's really it i've heard a little bit of dota 2 and league of legends i really only hear when it's like tournament time and if we're going by that then mortal kombat and street fighter need to be up here which that they don't deserve it so best esports game um that's what I was thinking should uh should and would win. And let me see who I'll pick for that one. Best esports. Best esports I chose. Oh, that's so crazy. I chose I chose League of Legends. What in the world? That's actually crazy. Anyways, all right. And I think we had content of <laughs> that whole thing, what I just said before I actually uh looked at the video. It's like that progressive commercial when it's like um, a challenge or, or a review on the play. Yeah, we reviewed it and, and found out I'm a full-blown hypocrite. I actually voted for League of Legends, so that's crazy. But anyways, um, let's keep going then. Content created of the year. Um, let's keep going. Don't see. Nah, let me chill. All right, most anticipated game. Final Fantasy Seven Rebirth. I think I chose that one because... If you think about it, Final Fantasy Remake was really one of those where it really did so much to improve the game to the point a lot of people wanted more, if that makes sense. Like, if you look at the original Final Fantasy VII compared to the remake, they really changed core gameplay mechanics to the point where it still has the foundation technically, but it's way more optimized for modern day gaming. Hopefully it makes sense. If it doesn't, then just look at it. It's like, I'm not going to compare it to a Baldur's Gate, but it just really um, revolutionized Final Fantasy VII to the point where it's really its own game at this point. Like if you compare the mechanics to that original game, it's totally different. Like it's not, Mass Effect fans may kill me for this, but the Mass Effect remake really didn't upgrade on any of the mechanics. It just made it more user-friendly and the base gameplay was basically the same for final fantasy 7 it's a total difference for final fantasy 7 remake compared to original game hopefully it makes sense and also that's the game i voted for so i'm glad it won most anticipated because 
this list is kind of whack <laughs> like most anticipated game has hades 2 now no disrespect to anybody who plays that game but who in the world is anticipating that game? I ain't heard that game once. I've heard Tekken 8 for Final Fantasy 7. I've heard a little bit about Star Wars. I mean, if you want to play a Ubisoft game where the AI is all over the map and you really can walk right up to their face and they still won't detect you type games, Star Wars Outlaws is for you. So anyways, that's why I chose Final Fantasy 7. But as far as most anticipated, uh, that this list is kind of weak. So let's keep going. Uh, best adaptation i think i definitely chose the last of us oh actually i chose the mario movie yeah i chose the mario movie so anyways let me see did i actually choose that one yeah i did i, I chose the mario movie so i think the best adaptation should have went to like a video game icon and mario and the fact that i lost out to the last of us i think i said in that video that it probably would lose out to the last of us because it's literally produced by hbo if you don't know hbo is like very it's held in a high regard when it comes to uh, sh uh shows and just live television same thing but you get what i'm saying like hbo is just held to a higher standard for some reason and the prestige level is like oh if you make it hbo that means it must be you must be putting together some type of quality so makes sense why why the last of us beat beat out super mario movie but i'm still upset over that because uh we just gonna disrespect one of the greatest video game characters of all time put it up one of the biggest numbers like at least the movie industry praised barbie for the amount of impact it had on the industry raising a billion dollars i mean the least we could do as a video game industry is celebrate our video game character raising a billion dollars instead of a tv show that's gonna stretch out uh one game until like three seasons like come on now but anyways let me not hate got no last of us fans are out there like hey you ain't watched the show it's uh what, what's that one martin scorsese or whatever that man's name is that that meme where he's like straight cinema or whatever well this is cinema that's that's how that's how i picture every person that like defends last of us but hey whatever so let's keep going best adaptation mario movie got got snubbed really bad so anyways um best multiplayer went to Baldur's gate 3 i mean i don't even think that's a discussion like at first i was thinking like is Baldur's gate 3 a multiplayer game and then i realized you could play more than one player so technically it's a multiplayer game but when you go into multiplayer games me i think of more of a easier to pick up vibe in a multiplayer which means the the floor is low but the ceiling is high if that makes sense like the barrier to entry is very low when it comes to playing a video game with a with a low floor but the high ceiling means that if you master you could pull off stuff that even the most um not no that's not right a high ceiling means that advanced players and people who are just picked up the game enough to play it will have vastly different play styles and that's what i mean by low floor high ceiling and obviously Baldur's gate 3 has a higher floor than mario i would say if that's safe to say you know what the game you know I me mean? hey i mean i'm not really um i'm not really stepping off of that point i think that's a pretty strong point so honestly Baldur's gate 3's floor is higher than mario i would say because mario is a family friendly game Baldur's gate i was watching the black okage 
and I couldn't believe my eyes when he was on some mission and it was a loud banging behind the door and he opened the door and it was an ogre and a man. That's all I'm going to say because this is a PG podcast, but we're just going to keep going. I wish Mario would have won best multiplayer, but hey, Baldur's Gate 3 had it. So anyways, let's keep going. Best sports slash racing went to Forza. Pretty sure that's why I chose two. Yeah, I did. Okay, so let's keep going. Nobody cares about that. <laughs> best sim strategy. It's so funny how best sim slash strategy is on here, but I don't see one sim game. Like, did that? Did the sim game not come out this year? Because imagine having your name in the actual category and still not making it. Like, goodness. Anyways, let's keep going. Best family game. Obviously, it went to Mario. I'm finally, I'm so glad some respect was finally put on his name and um the game award show as him winning best family I even voted for him because I mean Mario is one of the best family games ever like in life I mean if you want to put him up there with the uh, Wii Sports or a Guitar Hero yes I'm yeah, I remember those days you get out the drum kit put it together drumming along while your other person's playing guitar while your other person is singing there's really some some uh family events going on with that Guitar Hero uh, but anyways Super Mario Bros winning best family was uh expected and and right rightfully so it's once come on now it's like Mario's really the Drake of the gaming industry so let's keep going best fighting y'all know as a gamer the reason I got into actively sweating on games, and I use that as a term when you try hard, really hard in a game, is because of fighting games simply because I like the fact that it's you and the opponent, level playing field, and whoever uses the tools the best. You know, there's no RNG, there's no third party looking straight at you, Apex players, um, and Fortnite players, and PUBG. All right, let me chill. I almost had hey flashbacks but anyways fighting games I, I love the fact as a level playing field you versus the other person and somebody is coming out victorious i always like that aspect and i just think in general fighting is one of the more entertaining aspects of life if there was lebron james and michael jordan playing one-on-one on one side of the court and two dudes fighting on the other side of the court i think you'd be surprised on the split of the other crowd and how they reacted to each event but anyways um best fighting that was a random analogy but i just felt like throwing it out there best fighting game of course went to street fighter 6 and i say of course literally because mortal kombat 1 released way too soon it was almost like it was almost as if the higher ups told nether nether realm put out a game or we're going to cut your pay. It was. It just felt like they was forced to put out that game because it just came with such bare-bone features to the point where so much stuff that was in uh, Mortal Kombat X or Mortal Kombat 11, such as the ability to put moves on the screen when you're in training mode, the ability to be in training mode in the demo, um, the ability to have private lobbies and no, King of the Hill does not count, private lobbies where you can specifically play the people you want in a private lobby not king of the hill where one person stays on top even if he doesn't want to play anymore um so bare bone features like that just wasn't in the game nether realm for forced to put out a game i mean if y'all realize nether realm it was leaked that mortal kombat 1 was coming out it wasn't like oh nether nether realm didn't come out like oh i can't wait till y'all see mortal kombat 1 the earnings call leaked that Mortal a Mortal Kombat game was coming out to help you know shareholders and stuff you know pay more money and well entice them to pay more money so they was basically like hey Mortal Kombat's coming up so they let the cat out of the bag right before 
NetherRealm was even able to put any type of marketing strategy together. So I do believe that they was forced into putting out this type of uh, product because why else would they have, why else <laughs> would they put out uh, such a bare bones game like they did? Um, the best thing about Mortal Kombat 1 is definitely the gameplay. So at least they got the core mechanic nailed. Like the gameplay is amazing. One of the best gameplay loops i've played in mortal kombat in a while i would say better than my favorite mortal kombat which is mortal kombat x like playing with sub-zero playing with rain even playing with omni man like some of the moves they let me not geek out over that but let's just say they left a lot to be desired it was kind of like mortal kombat 1 is under the same realm of uh spider-man 2 it's, it's a good game, of course, but it left a lot to be desired. So Street Fighter VI really came correct because if you don't know what Street Fighter V, that game was very bare bones. Like we talk about Mortal Kombat 1. I mean, at least they came with all the characters, you know, at launch. Street Fighter VI was announcing characters that was for DLC. Like, hold up now, how'd that work? How you got characters already built, made for the game, and you're talking about some DLC? So Street Fighter V was really like, I would have put that under pay, like that was pay to play, literally like pay to win strategy that they were trying to go with with Street Fighter Five. So I'm glad nobody bought it that in in turn and resulted in them actually coming correct with the Street Fighter Six and uh, just giving us everything and more uh, a open playground full of um, created custom characters fighting against other custom characters. Then you can go to arcade and this hub world reminding me of uh, 2K. Uh, my career where you can go into this hub world and just play other players go to a little arcade and then you can play with the game the characters actually in the game it was so expansive and innovative to the point where it's like street fighter 6 by far and away was just the best game best fighting game of 2023 and it wasn't even close like all these other names aren't even recognized and nickelodeon all-star brawl 2 y'all should have did it with one because y'all try to to uh skip out and cut corners not having the the actors the voice actors come in and do their lines but now y'all starting to see that nobody's going to put up with that uh mediocrity so you actually put in the voice actors and to play with these characters and i'm so glad that they're doing that because who in the like who wants to play spongebob when he's a mute like he's just making random noises but it's not the voice actor like who wants to do that so so glad they got the voice actors and the sound effects actually nailed. But hey, y'all got some time before we actually put you up against the likes of a Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. And also, Tekken 8 is around the corner. We don't know how that game's going to come out. So, hey, they could get the smoke too. As you as you can tell, I'm an avid fighting game fair. Uh, I'm an avid, I, I mixed up fan and player. I'm an avid fighting game player and a fan as I really do pay attention to um, fighting games. Not only gaming. But specifically, fighting games is the reason why I get into the competition aspect of gaming. Because um, I think I've told y'all before, but FPS games is just not my cup of tea. I just, the, I, I'm getting my PC, as you heard at the beginning of the pod. Um, just know that if I do play a shooting game, I am going to try it out on PC because I, I think that the reason I don't like FPS games is because of the analog stick and not being like the aim assist and stuff. Like if I could actually go to the pinpoint spot with a mouse, but hey, maybe I'm just making excuses. You know, you know what they say about excuses. You know what I mean? Everybody got it. So anyways, let's keep going. Street Fighter 6 won best fighting game. And also I voted for them to win. So best RPG. So of course, <laughs> like, come on now. Best RPG went to Baldur's Gate. I mean, they literally compared the game to Mass Effect. And after you compare a game to Mass Effect, um, 
it's really no discussion no other games coming close i mean not only they compared it but they say it's a 10 times more expansive mass effect type game where you can implement so many different paths and pathways and endings that it really is mass effect times 10 so with that being said i'm not going to say myself that this is better than mass effect i'm just saying what people are saying obviously i still hold mass effect as my favorite game but when Baldur's gate 3 is put on such a high level like that best rpg is already uh sold up and from what i've been hearing starfield fans are literally ditching the game and saying it's boring i'm like dang talk about uh, a fall from uh fall from grace isn't that how they say it anyways yeah they they really fell off quickly because their fan base left them and i was even thinking about getting starfield on uh and it was the xbox exclusive so you could see how the uh the tonality just changed from a certain tone to uh it's it's i uh, it's really uh, it's really boring you shouldn't play like it's, it's very much they they switched up on the game that's all i gotta say so so r.i.p to starfield man may hopefully you get a um a more loyal fan base next time so anyways uh yeah let's keep going but best rpg ball to skate three all the way so best action adventure now this is the category where i could see spider-man fans getting upset because Alan Wake obviously isn't an action game. Like it's just more of a storytelling games with horror aspects and elements. It's more of a horror game if you think about it. And Resident Evil 4, obviously that's an action game, but it's come close to Spider-Man 2. Jedi Survivor. That is the game I wanted to talk about. I don't want to spoil my list, but let's just say Jedi Survivor is is high on my list as far as 2023. And I will also say that is better than spider-man 2 when it comes to best action adventure when it comes to gaming now far as far as the story element obviously spider-man is my favorite fictional creation of all time i'll take a peter parker and miles morales story 10 times out of 10 before i'll take a cal kester story so that should tell you the amount of gameplay improvements and enhancements from the first jedi fallen order to jedi survivor uh compared to spider-man 1 to spider-man 2 basically being the same so with that being said um the winner for best action adventure going to uh legend of zelda was uh it wasn't surprising because obviously it's nintendo you don't want them being upset at your war show it, it's just like star wars jedi survivor i felt i should have easily won that but uh, i guess cal Kestis has to keep proving himself even more after all them innovative um implementations of new mechanics over and over and over I guess it still got beat out by uh, games that seemingly are doing the same thing. But anyways, let's keep going. Did I exit out? I think I did exit out. My fault, my fault. Um, What was we at? Best mobile game? No. Best action, adventure, best RPG, best action. Was that what we was at? Uh, let me see. Yeah, that's what we was at. Okay. Best action game. Armored Core. Now, did I not tell y'all that the From Software Studios was on a roll? Elden Ring last year, Armored Core this year, which is literally why we didn't really receive any true DLC for Elden Ring. That's because the same company that made Elden Ring is the same company that made From Software. So if you think about it, it makes sense why this will win best action game as from software is just on a roll they're on fire they're putting out all type of heat quality wise and i wouldn't be surprised if a big ip approaches from software to to develop their game 
Just keep that in mind. Remember I said that from software, Bandai Namco, I wouldn't be surprised if they get a huge IP to develop in the near future. So uh, Armored Core winning best action game is definitely not a surprise as that game is immaculate, especially from uh, just a viewer aspect and definitely from um, a gameplay a gameplay mechanic aspect and um, and how unique the transversal is. So anyways, best VR slash AR. I don't think nobody really cares about that because at this point in society, with all the evolution of AI, the, you know what hasn't evolved? VR and AR technology. So we're going to skip that. <laughs> and uh, best mobile game, nobody cares. <laughs> um, best indie game, I swear nobody cares. But, you know, I, I do like the indie studios and independent game studios are getting their shine at the Game Awards. So I'm not going to say, like, don't give them shine. I'm just saying, like, technically, I don't care. <laughs> so anyways, let's keep going. Best community support. Now, this was a big one because I thought, I thought Cyberpunk got that one. Oh, I think that was best ongoing game. Yeah, I think that was best ongoing. Best community support, obviously, is different from best ongoing. I don't, I don't know the difference. Uh, Baldur's Gate three obviously won that because the community was sharing all type of notes about different pathways, different you know what this does when you do this. You know, when Elden Ring came out and all the tutorials in the world was basically explaining the game. That's kind of how it happened for Baldur's Gate three. So it makes so much sense that best community support would be given to that game because. It takes a community to learn how to play this game. Best believe me. Try to go into that game. Try to go into Baldur's Gate 3 blind. And I promise you, you will pay the price. <laughs> so anyways, let's keep going. Best ongoing. Oh, that's this is the category I was talking about. The beloved Cyberpunk 2077. Now, this has a special place in my heart simply for the fact that if y'all remember when I was uh, talking about the latest news, which if you just look up, Cyberpunk 2077 2.1 Analytic Dreams. I think that was what it was called. Anyways, uh, one of the recent Cyberpunk segments, I basically showed my runtime and my um, how many hours I put, put into the game. And also, I do have a gameplay walkthrough on Analytic Dreams video. So just type in Cyberpunk 2077 Analytic Dreams video and my gameplay walkthrough should definitely pop up. And you could you can see a glimpse into my playthrough because, of course, that was just a little glimpse because I know some people like when I showcase me playing games so i just wanted to show one uh little snippet of me playing the game i'm definitely not streaming the game as it's definitely not a pg game and i mean obviously if it just came out i would have streamed it but i'm just basically playing it because you know i like i actually like playing games so <laughs> anyways um best ongoing makes sense cd project red spent three years fixing the game so i guess they should get some type of award for it um, I know there's contrarians that will basically be the devil advocate and say that if it took you that long to fix a game, you shouldn't get any type of award. And honestly, I'm not mad with that type of philosophy. I mean, you charge us $70 out the gate. Can we get 80% of that refund when the game crashes uh, crashes on us 24-7 and, and isn't playable? Like, how does that work? So a game that literally got taken off the PlayStation Store because it was so it was such a buggy and broken mess to now three years later winning best ongoing game if i was other games in this category especially fortnite i would be irate um but since i'm a little biased in in the fact that i'm currently playing the game hey let them rock <laughs> so anyways best ongoing game obviously went to cyberpunk 2077 games for impact so games for impact 
I have nothing to say about it because I don't really know too much. So, uh, shout out to Dechia. To I, don't, I don't know. Hey, that's out of my wheelhouse. Innovation and accessibility. I don't know too much about that. I'm pretty sure I voted for Marvel's Spider-Man 2. Actually, I'm definitely sure because I talked about the colorblind accessibility options in Spider-Man, which really actually helped my gameplay, Which because if you don't know, I'm probably colorblind. So, I use the settings on Spider-Man uh, to change his... Um, because it was like red and orange that was back to back for certain attacks i think i forget what it was called but the basically the color contrast wasn't that uh much so i could go in and actually change it to blue um to actually pop up blue uh, up around his head so that i would know like what's dodge a bull from what i just gotta completely jump out of the way of so hopefully that makes sense um or a parry. I forgot. Yeah, the parry feature. Oh, that was the only feature. So, technically, Spider-Man 2 had a new feature. Oh, parry. Oh, wow. <laughs> that game. That game is funny. Because it's frustrating. Because it's a good game. But then it's also frustrating because it could have been great. Like, it's just so much stuff that's there that's just in your face that developers just took the short. It just cut corners. I just feel like they cut corners. Two Spider-Man. I mean... It may not automatically scream co-op, but two Spider-Man in the game, you would think it's just obvious that some type of multiplayer aspect would have been played, put into it. So I know they got the whole thing leaked. I'm not covering that at all. Cause I think that's extremely messed up, especially for people's livelihoods. Like imagine working on something for your entire life. Well, not entire life. That's a little extreme. For like a decade at this point, um developing games and stuff just for your whole um timeline to get leaked like your whole game plan to get leaked that's that's some pretty um that's some pretty uh crippling actions right there like that's, that's crippling type type uh info that they put out about insomniac so i'm not covering that at all so Anyways, innovation and accessibility for the Motorsport one, but I ain't gonna lie to you, I don't, I don't really have too much to put into it other than what I already said. Best performance. Now, this was the one that I thought would be interesting. This was packed. This was star-studded. And I say that because Yuri Lowenthal for Spider-Man 2, Idris Elba for Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty, Cameron, man, what type of last name is that? I can't say that. Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Those three alone makes this hard. Not only to, to implement Mulaney and then Ben Star. For, well, no. Okay, I'm sorry. Ben, I don't know who in the world Ben Star is, so exclude that man. Mulaney from Alan Wake 2. Having all of these amazing voice actors in one category. Like, to put it in perspective, if this was last year and the voice actor for Kratos for God of War Ragnarok was in this category, I'm not sure so sure that he will win. Actually, never mind. No, he would definitely win. He he's pretty uh noticeable and uh yeah, he would have definitely won. But so I take that back. <laughs> so I would say for this list is pretty competitive, and I would have definitely went with Yuri Lowenthal. Like as much flack as I give Spider-Man 2, this is the first time where I was like, oh, it actually got robbed. But Baldur's Gate 3, Neil Newborn, I did hear some players saying that he was a pretty pivotal role and he really had some heart, heartfelt sentiments 
about his character in the way of S.A. Now, if you don't know what that is, it's a very political term to say a certain assault. Let's just say that. So his character was essayed, explained it in a way it touched a lot of people's heart in a, a performative fashion, of course, and let them know the, the uh, severity of that um, happening, if that makes sense. So anyways... At first, I was like, why in the world would he win that? Then once it was explained to me, it made sense. So it's, n it's nice to keep gamers around who actually play games because I didn't know that. I just thought, I was like, dang, they really, hey, they doing tricks uh, they doing tricks for Baldur's Gate 3, ain't they? But anyways, let me chill. So anyways, next category. Best audio design. I mean, a game based off of music and attacks based off rhythms and the whole gameplay literally being about rhythm and beat if best audio design don't go to that then i don't know what will as what i voted for was uh alan wake because i think hi-fi rush should have got the music one but best audio design makes sense to go to hi-fi rush because it's simply about audio and rhythmic attacks patterns the whole game is based off audio <laughs> so horror games i usually feel like are excellent at audio simply because they're trying to immerse you into the experience but hi-fi rush is interesting that it won because it took away an award from alan wake 2 as i believe that they was probably trying to clean up just like Baldur's gate 3 did but i'm happy for it as that was a um a dark horse earlier in the year for game of the year so i'm so glad it got something at the end of the runtime as far as 2023 best scoring music i don't really don't i don't know too much about that final fantasy does be sounding like dramatic music so i'm glad it got it best art direction i'm always say mario i think mario has the best creative world ever in a video game so i'm always say mario when it comes to best art direction but it totally makes sense that alan wake 2 won it especially for like mario can't win it every year you know it's kind of like drake you know you can't win billboard top artists every year um but alan wick too deservably so not mad at it so at least it didn't go to like a liza p like imagine turning the vibrance all the way down to zero and expecting to win best art direction like come on bro like let's actually be serious i don't even know why liza p is up here like let me chill i'm about to say something crazy but let's just say gray and black only appeals to some people but not everybody let's just leave it at that i don't know how in the world liza p got that nomination uh best narrative went to alan wick 2 i mean it makes sense it's literally a book like the the man the main character in the game is an author i think literally the main character in the game is an author so uh like what are we doing <laughs> like oh i wonder who best narrative is gonna go to oh maybe the game where the main character is literally writing a book so <laughs> i like i like how that works out but um yeah so deservedly so i'm not mad at it. i'm just you know poking fun at the the game literally writing itself in award. that's that's kind of funny best game direction now best game direction is interesting because the, my argument was Baldur's Gate 3 technically has a lot of directions that you can go in, but are all of them quality, right? If you kill certain main characters in the game, well, your playthrough throughout the game, the rest of the game after you kill them, is going to be 
more boring i would say because obviously they have a lot of different interesting characters but it seems like there's certain characters okay so like if you ever play mass effect if you haven't then i'm sorry you won't get this at all but if you ever play mass effect it's like if you killed garris i don't know if you can kill garris i don't think you can well i guess you can and i don't want to spoil it so anyways if you kill garris and then the rest of the game is played without your your uh without garris right it's a different level of quality compared to if you had garris and that's what i'm saying like Baldur's gate 3 i think it struggles with that argument well no it struggles with that aspect because technically some of the game directions in Baldur's gate 3 is below par but could be below par now you could say that's on the gamer but technically it's still a game direction and hopefully i'm making sense to y'all alan wake 2 has one game direction and it's fantastic so it makes sense why i beat out Baldur's gate 3 i know some people are like oh but you have so many branches in Baldur's gate 3 well not all of them are good actually some of them are pretty horrendous and, and horrible and which is why you should not go down that path so anyways all these other games i mean they've won it before so i'm not mad at it like i'm pretty sure spider-man ps4 at the game awards got some wins if i'm not mistaken i had to go back and check but so i'm not mad at them not winning it this time like give it to another game so anyways game of the year man we have made it to it i'm i, I did not think i'll get through it that fast i mean technically you know I, I spoke my mind on each and every category so i mean not each and every one you know if if i don't know a category like best indie or whatever i'm just gonna say hey i'm just not knowledgeable enough to talk about it so game of the year though <laughs> hey i got some things to say so spider-man fans back to full circle moment y'all gotta chill out spider-man 2 had no business winning game of the year honestly it's a win in itself that it was nominated i said my game of the year list for 2023 i would have had alan wake 2 i would have Baldur's Gate 3 i would have legend of zelda and then I would have had Armor Core and then Mario. So I would have switched out Resident Evil 4 and I would have switched out. Well, I would have took out Resident Evil 4 and I would have took out Marvel Spider-Man 2. And you notice how Red Resident Evil 4 didn't win a single award at the, at the show. Well, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't win a single award. And I said that when I covered the Game Award nominees. I was like, why is a remake getting all these nominations when there are games that came out this year that deserve them? Takes away from the fact that the game that you put out so long ago, you can just remaster it and just take away nominations and not, and, and be a nominee for something compared to a, a product that was made, obviously not this year, but was released this year. Remakes needs his own category because that's cheating if that's the fact well if that's the case mass effect remaster should have won every award in every category obviously i'm a little biased but i'm just putting it in perspective so i'm glad that resident evil 4 didn't win any awards and hopefully they keep it that way or else just make a remake category so i was going somewhere with that so i took marvel spider-man 2 out resident evil 4 out and I would have put Baldur's Gate in and Star Wars Jedi Survivor in. Hopefully that makes sense. Yeah. So Spider-Man 2 even being in this list is a win in itself. Because I don't think that game should be here. I don't think Resident Evil 4 should be there. And if we want to get crazy, you already knew that Nintendo game was definitely not winning game of the year. I don't know why. Politics, maybe. But hey, 
Nintendo game is definitely not winning game of the year. So why have two games in the same category? So I would have took Mario out because I would say Zelda is a better game. Now, that's the first. I know y'all probably surpri- surprised. You're like, what? You finally said something bad about Mario? Technically, Super Mario Bros. is a great game. But compared to Zelda this year, comparing the two, like if you was comparing Mar- Mario Odyssey to Le- Legend or to Tears of the Kingdom, I would say Odyssey because of its modern take on the character. But Super Mario Bros. Wonder, while granted is an upgrade, it's still the 2D side scroller compared to Zelda, which is a 3D immersive open world. So, yeah. Um, I would have Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Legends is Legend of Zelda, Jedi Survivor, Armored Core, and what my 6B. Y'all gonna be mad at me, but you gotta throw Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty in there. Uh, y'all gonna be so mad at me either cyberpunk phantom liberty city or like a hi-fi rush or something like something to actually deserve some type of uh acknowledgement in the game of the year list but um i'm not mad at it being there i'm mad at marvel's spider-man 2 and resident evil 4 even being there honestly um yeah so that's basically it so uh, yeah i got through that pretty quickly that's crazy um the game awards was successful People, a lot of people watched a lot of announcements was made a lot of trailers teases uh, like i said uh blade was teased even though that game it's not coming out to like 2050 they still took up screen time at the 2023 game award show which i just think is just very very asinine but at the same time i mean what are you gonna do about it so to round it up, Baldur's Gate 3 won the most awards with Game of the Year, as you can see right here. Um, best RPG, Best Community Support, Best Multiplayer, Player's Choice Award, and Best Performance. Then Alan Wake 2 came in a close second with three wins in Best Direction, Best Narrative, Best Art Direction. The biggest snub, I would say, in the 2023 game awards as jedi survivor that's the only now let me tell you something if the jedi survivor fan base reacted like uh the spider-man 2 fan base did i think they would be justified why is nobody talking about jedi survivor in the light that they talk about spider-man uh resident evil a remake out of all games like am i tripping did i miss something with jedi survivor if you're gonna talk about oh it was a buggy mess marvel spider-man 2 was just as much of, if not more than a buggy mess than Survivor. Because for me, maybe I had certain things not loading in or, or textures popping, but it never crashed on me multiple times like Spider-Man 2 did. And it never had game-breaking bugs where you literally had to restart. So that's technically a crash in itself because, I mean, Spider-Man, I swear Spider-Man is one of my favorite fictional creations of all time. But hey, sometimes you got to be a realist, you know? I like to call myself a realist. So... Jedi Survivor, I think, should have had a nomination of Game of the Year and just had more acknowledgement um, with these award shows. I don't know what it was. I don't know if they have some type of beef with Respawn, uh, which is the uh, development studio for uh, Jedi Survivor. I don't know what it is, but you can't tell me Jedi Survivor isn't one of the best games of the year. I mean, compared to this, like, come on, man. No disrespect. Or disrespectfully, I don't care. 
Jedi Survivor deserved it. So that's what I'm gonna leave off on. Uh, for all my Jedi Survivor fans, maybe we need to ride like Spider-Man 2 so we can get some nationwide coverage as well. Um, so yeah, click my link tree in my bio. Let me know one of my social medias. What did you think of the overall Game Awards show? What do you think was the biggest snub? And also, do you think they were correct in choosing Baldur's Gate 3 as the, be as the best game of 2023? <laughs> So for the hip hop and gaming 2023 year end wrap up, I wanted to do a specific type of formula for this episode. So we have the industry leaders in gaming and hip hop news coming on this episode. But also, well, I just previously already talked about the Game Awards. So we already talked about the industry leaders in the Game Awards. But I also wanted to give the flip side and give my own personal take and wrap up of gaming for my experience so to help me out with that i brought up my playstation 2023 wrap up and of course it says analytic dreams but it doesn't have my logo even though i've been changed my logo but i guess in an update whatever at least it showcases that i'm not playing when i say spider-man is one of my favorite fictional creations of all time i mean that just at this point that should be solidified in y'all minds as a fact so i don't know how long the segment's going to be I'm going to be giving my personal reflection on 2023 when it comes to my gaming experience while also, of course, you know, trying to keep it entertaining for y'all because I think one of the biggest things about content creation is letting people in on what you personally like, don't like, and things you, um, just overall inspirations in in your creative process because everybody's creative process is different and i think some of the things they intake mentally is uh attributes to that so anyways um 2023 playstation wrap up i have this uh list here also to help out shameless plug analytic dreams video on spotify to see the video version along with the audio but with that being said let's get right into it so it's giving me my wrap up for 2023 um of course i got a ps3 this year obviously you can see january 11 well I don't, I don't know if i got january 11th i'm pretty sure i did because consoles the one thing i've realized by putting a pc together by hand unsuccessfully of course you know refer to the beginning of the episode but anyways trying attempting to put it together consoles really and console players really have it easy it's really plug and play i know people be like oh plug and play but you got to download plug and play but you got to update compared to pc it is plug and play this <laughs> you buy it already intact you plug it up you play a game it's plug and play compared to what you have to do with pc but only reason i say that is simply because when i got the console january 11th of course i went through the whole game they had specifically to show you the roundabouts of the DualShock, which is the new controller for ps5 basically mimicking the xbox controller but we're not going to speak on that so in 2023 without being around the bush as you can say or as you can see i am a certified gamer now i know i know what you're saying 14 games that's a lot like if you do the math honestly i don't even think i paid the full price for all of these 14 games because if you do the math, it's something egregious, right? It's like, goodness gracious, that's how you know he getting money. First, first of all, I'm broke. Second of all, 14 games 
it's quite a lot not gonna lie to you for one for one year but i do like to pride myself on being a gamer and all of those games i had uh authentic and organic attraction to so i think i may actually be a nerd i think i came to the realization that i need to join the nerd com community I don't know if I need some bifocals. I don't know what the jumping in process is, but I just need the nerd community to know that I would like to submit my application with this snapshot of me playing 14 games in 2023. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> so that over with. With that out the way, let's get into the big hitters of 2023. And I'm not really beating the sweaty allegations. At this point, if you see that, uh number to the bottom left right next to right under cyberpunk 2077 you will be disgusted how on earth are you spending that much time on one singular video game because as you can see it basically almost doubles every game on this list except for 2k of course because you know 2k is a little different because you know you got to whoop your friends in 2k shout out to all my guys i played in 2k y'all know that work y'all know that work i give you on a daily basis um with whatever team i play with still gonna give you that work so um yeah there's that but anyways that's probably why it doesn't double 2k but for all the games that doesn't really have that gameplay loop that you play with your friends you can see the outcome cyberpunk 2077 to me is my favorite game of 2023 now it's cheating because it's a three-year development for this game so technically if i was to go with only release dates i would say star wars jedi survivor was my favorite game of this year i know you see 2k is number two on the list but i'll tell you like i swear quick play added to a lot of that time because i put a lot of time into my career which you know shameless plug again 2k uh nba 2k 23 analytic dreams video on spotify but i had a big man i had so much fun on that game the new one came out and i think 2k 23 was really for 2k 22 so i don't even know if that counts as far as my year list so jedi survivor will have to be up there as as number two well no as number one if we're actually counting release dates and then Spider-Man would be number two, of course, and then uh, Mortal Kombat. As you can see, that's my overall list. So anyway, that's basically it. I mean, I don't really have too much to say with my favorite game other than Cyberpunk 2077 is something I haven't felt since Mass Effect. And I think CD Projekt Red is like the modern day Rockstar games. Like I was really thinking about it and... When I look at GTA and where they can go next, I think of Cyberpunk 2077. And guess who already did it? CD Projekt Red. When I think of where they could go in another lane that's not futuristic, I think of The Witcher, which is also developed by CD Projekt Red. So when you really think about it, CD Projekt Red is one of the most prestigious developing studios ever. The Witcher Blood and Wine DLC is always a fan favorite. Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty is about to become a fan favorite. They've done the futuristic. They've done the throwback and unique alternative ways compared to GTA, where they've been in the present and past and stayed more to a realism type of take on their story. 
so they don't have all the magic and monsters and stuff so i think cd project red did the thing that matt it, it kind of like uh it mashed elden ring and gta together that's how i feel about the witcher and that's how i feel about cyberpunk it's kind of pointing to the fact that cd project red is at a direct is in direct competition with rockstar games now when you say that of course i'm not talking financially gta 5 is one of the best selling games of all time literally up there with the likes of tetris y'all know how long tetris been around i'm not even gonna look it up i need y'all to look up the release date of the first tetris game and then get back to me so anyways cd project red only from a quality standpoint i think is the only gaming developing studio out here actually competing with rockstar if you look at gta 5 i could one up you with cyberpunk if you're talking about red dead redemption i could one up you with the witcher i don't know any other studio besides maybe a fallout that really competes in that open world unique mechanics type of direction like when you pioneer something time and time again it's only so long until you're like hey this studio is actually doing things better than the studio we think is number one because for a long time red um rockstar was by far in a way considered the best developing studio i mean if you don't want to talk about naughty dog when they first came out with the last of us everybody was like oh that's the greatest thing since sliced bread now we see they completely messed up that storyline and now the legacy is you know what so when we look at it um in hindsight cd project red and rock and rockstar is in direct competition quality wise definitely not financially so but yeah that's basically it so my big hitters for 2023 doesn't surprise me as all of these games was uh fun to play of course which is why they're on my list so anyways let's keep going I wonder if I could have clicked those and they would show me something else. Let me see. Oh, no, that's it. I mean, I guess I could click this, but I don't know what will pop up. Hold up. Give me one second. I don't want, I don't want to get, I don't want to dox myself, you know? Oh, they're just talking about share my year. Okay, that's not too crazy. I just, I ain't want to dox myself. You know how that go. So anyways, um... My gaming style. This is the one that that threw me for a loop. Cause if y'all know me, I say all the time that FPS games is not my cup of tea. In fact, I am below average at every FPS game I've ever played, except for Apex Legends. So that <laughs> with that fact out the way, I don't really like shooting games unless I'm playing in the open world. And even with that, I need some powers to go along with it, or I'm gonna get bored quickly which is something that Mass Effect offered, which is something that Cyberpunk definitely offered, and which is why those are my top games ever. So with that being said, Gunslinger is interesting because I'm more of an open world type guy. So I think they kind of got my game genre mixed up because Cyberpunk technically is a lot of shooting, but you could go uh, solely melee weapons. You could go solely Netrunner. You, you you could also not even put a finger or anybody like i think there's an option where you don't even have to kill anybody in the game like there's literally a way you can go throughout the entire game without killing anybody so 
like because you can like in, in, incapacitate people so you could go throughout the entire game without killing anybody so i don't know if the gunslinger title really um really uh defines me but you know hey according to playstation i am my gaming style is a gunslinger and maybe because of all the hours the online hours of playing like fortnite or apex maybe that's probably what it is but anyways those are like with friends when we're just talking so anyways and this was pretty interesting as this was my year in play and the reason why i think this is interesting because them showing me month by month what how many hours i'm putting into games really showcases my interest in games and how it uh increasingly got more and more over time as i started to have less responsibility or had more of a grasp on my responsibilities as you should always always this for all my gamers out there always use gaming as a delayed gratification never put gaming in front of any of your real responsibilities and you know what the real responsibilities are so never put gaming before those always use it as delayed gratification like oh i'm gonna put this off so i can enjoy this game right after i do this and this and this so hopefully that's hopefully it helps you <laughs> so anyways january of course my game of the month was marvel midnight suns rp to uh rp to that game not gonna lie to you i totally forgot this the, the developing studio for this game but it doesn't even matter um marvel midnight suns it's on the tip of my tongue marvel midnight suns yeah i totally forgot the name anyways it doesn't matter charging 15 dollars for four characters basically wanted me to pay a whole entire full fledged game price for four dlc characters you must be out of your mind and until they change that i'm not touching this game again so that's why i dropped this game anyways february <laughs> nba 2k23 it's probably when i was whooping my friends april is probably when i was whooping my friends you know gave them the works beats you know what i'm saying like picking rolls to the i'm one of them type guys where it's hard to stay in front of so i'll be getting fouls left and right so i'll be staying at the free throw line i may not hit them but i'm gonna get there it's one of my weaknesses. It's like my kryptonite. I'm good at everything in 2K except for timing shots and free throws. I don't know what it is. I can shoot. I, I can even shoot threes sometimes. But free throws, those are just consistently coming off the rim. So anyways, uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, of course, in May. NBA 2K23, back to me whooping people in 2K in July again. August, probably play with my cousins in Call of Duty um actually i think i recorded that if i'm not mistaken i don't know if it'll pop up because i don't think i put it on my podcast platform yeah i don't think i did so anyways let's keep going one thing i did put on my podcast platform is definitely mortal kombat if you look up analytic dreams video mortal kombat gameplay walkthrough it should definitely pop up as i recorded my whole entire story walkthrough on my podcast platform so just look up analytic dreams video mortal kombat gameplay so and uh that's also a video along with audio so that being said october marvel spider-man 2 um that is when my heart uh, you know it's just it, it was just you know it, it just jumped out of my chest into marvel spider-man 2 pause as i don't think y'all realize how much i really appreciate the the character of spider-man i think in moments of of need moments in life when you need guidance 
and obviously you have your you know for me very close relationship with my parents family things of that nature but sometimes you need something to escape into and in that escapism entertainment if you can pull out life gems that leads you to the person you are today i think there's some type of attachment that you will always have to that source material so that's why for me spider-man is my favorite fictional creation of all time because i think it really nails the balance of trying to do one thing and another and how nobody's perfect so something's always going to falter and i feel like no other superhero really showcases that balance like if they're young they have no problems and they enjoy being the superhero if they old they uh driving all the foreign cars messing with all the bad women you know it's really no oh i'm i'm struggling with my personal life because i'm a superhero it really wasn't that struggle at all until spider-man i mean when you think of back in the day i don't want to go on a whole side tangent but with wolverine being famous batman being famous did you ever think they were struggling in their personal life while being a superhero no <laughs> um fantastic four made it like a family dynamic of being a superhero so there was like a famous family it was like it's like the kardashians of, of of superheroism it was like super uh famous as a family so when spider-man came it really showed the complexities of balancing actually being a su superhero with personal uh responsibility so i thought they really nailed that and um one of the biggest things that i would recommend is for you to watch the spectacular spider-man tv show if you haven't um it's not even that long it got canceled uh but the part where it got canceled it was like a nice conclusion because you could already see where it was going so i would just watch it to that point but um anyways yeah i want <laughs> hey i could talk about spider-man for for a minute but anyways you can see october i just know life spider-man 2 and 34 hours and let me tell you that was a complete game like i did everything in the game i did basically everything <laughs> like if i went into the game there'd be nothing for me to do because i did everything in that short I mean, 34 hours isn't short. Let me take that back. Basically, I would like more content in my upcoming Spider-Man games from Insomniac. I need them to stop holding back because there's so much obvious content that they could put into the game that I just feel like they just actually looked at us and they was like, hey, they're going to take this amount of hours, so let's just not even extend it. So I was upset with that because there's just so much they, they could have kept going. Like the Carnage story, it was like, oh, yeah, let's lead that up to DLC. I would say spoiler alert, but I don't think you would know who and where that angle would come from. And plus, the game's been out for a minute. So, anyways, I'm not going to keep going, though. So, I'm not going to spoil it anymore. <laughs> November. Oh, so, I told myself, once I get into the holiday season, I'm going to dive into Cyberpunk. And let's just say November and December kind of showcases how I dove into cyberpunk. Now, I know you may look at it and be like, what in the world? How can you put so many hours into one game? You just got to get it, man. For all my cyberpunk players out there, you just you just got to understand. It's, it's, if you've ever read a good book or if you ever watched a good show and couldn't put it down, that is the same thing that cyberpunk is. Think of your form of escapism entertainment that you just could not turn away from could not put down could not wait to pick it back up that's what cyberpunk was for me in video game format now obviously i was responsible with it which you know brings the full circle from what i was saying earlier 
and um, started when I was in the holiday season. So I had more free time to burn. But still, Cyberpunk 2077 is very contagious. So, yeah, as you can see, November and December, I ended my year off with some Cyberpunk 2077. So now we have what in the world. But look at this. Get this off my screen. Ain't no way. They put advertisement in a wrap up. Is that what they doing? Not even Spotify did that yet. And they like the biggest wrap up. Anyways, let me. Bro, PlayStation, you, you slide for that one. That's crazy. I was like, dang, I don't remember playing that one. Yeah, they <laughs> put the advertisements in the in the, uh, in the wrap up. Y'all putting full-blown advertisements in the wrap-up? I can't even look in my past achievements without y'all putting ads down my throat. Pause. Extra pause. Anyways, this year, is they say I played 253 hours, and they said, hey, that's a lot of gaming, a.k.a. you have no life. Nah, I'm just playing. I didn't say that part. Uh, I also said you spent 99.21%. Where did that point twenty one come from? Of the game time playing 11 games on your playstation 5 hmm that is crazy uh let me see actually that is a lot of hours oh, let me go back i am a sweat we about to do some math right here 253 divided by 24 11 i mean 10.5 so we just gonna round up 11 days of just straight gaming talk about a sweat talk about somebody who has no life <laughs> now nah, i'm just joking of course but anyways um you see my trophies i don't have no platinum because for the spider-man game i still gotta i gotta do something as simple as like run across the bases like that's the part where i'm at in the trophy collecting uh collect the thon for marvel spider-man i just ain't got around to it i literally did the one achievement which was the hardest where it was like well to me it was hard we had to um subdue people while you're on the uh, web and I had to like shoot a bunch of web lines at like random events to try to get that achievements. For the people who know, you know. But if you don't know, you could just hey, you'll probably just be confused. So, anyways, let's keep going. So obviously, I earned a lot of trophies. Uh, your social style is party animal, boy. That couldn't be farther from the truth. Let me tell you something. I like RPG and open world games for a reason. I am trying to get immersed in the game by myself. Like, obviously, okay, let me take that back. Because a lot of y'all say y'all bought Gotham Knights simply for the fact that I played uh, that I played it. And not to sound egotistical, people actually told me this out of, out of their mouth and also DM me, uh, text me on my social medias for that. Um, they sent me, like, um, they sent me my TikTok. Cause I put a bunch of gameplay clips out on my TikTok, you know, shameless plug to my, it's at the bottom, but you see it, Analyte Dreams on my TikTok. But basically, they sent me a clip and was like, bro, I, I literally got this game because of you and it's fire and we talk about it. Like, it's a lot of nice, very authentic interactions with people who help me out. Um, and I help, yeah, basically help me out with, you know, motivation. It's like, oh, people really, really enjoyed this. So, you know, anyways, um, not to get too sentimental, but yeah. So I was playing Gotham Nights with my cousin. So I guess technically I do be in a party a lot, but it, it said I was partied up four times. And literally that's because I don't like using party. I use Discord. Like who literally, who hops in a party anymore? Like it's all about Discord. Unless you want to sound like R2D2 on a mic, you know, you might as well use Discord. Easy is the reason why if you look, 
um, if you look it up, Discord is implemented and integrated into PlayStation and Xbox now. I think both. Hopefully, I'm saying that right. So you can download the app right through the console, and there's a reason for that. Discord is just superior in every way, and it's more of upgraded audio compared to being in a game chat where everybody sounds like R2D2 and sound like they're about to call like an airstrike on, on Martyr Warfare 2. So, anyways, um, yeah, that social style, I think it's far from the truth, but obviously, you know, I got little uh, social characteristics in me. So, and then here's my wrap up. Of course, what a year. Share and compare your great. Ooh, they rhyming? Hold on now. Who writing this? Quentin Miller? Now, let me chill. All right, so that's a wrap. What a year. Share and compare your greatest memories from 2023 with your friends. This is my, this is my, uh, my greatest memories of uh, 2023, in case you're watching. If you're listening, then you probably don't see it. It's on the screen right now. But if you're watching, obviously, I'll shuffle through for you. You know what I'm saying? Let me shuffle through right quick. All right, 14 games, as we covered at the beginning. Cyberpunk, top game, as far as top play game. You know, my personal pick for top game is je definitely Jedi Survivor. Gunslinger, I don't agree with that. Uh, that's just that's just sweaty. Like 253 hours, like goodness, like find a job. <laughs> Anyways, uh, 118 trophies, uh, party animal, 14 games. Yeah, that's basically it. Um, I'm mad that they didn't change my profile pick to my analytic dream to loco, but hey, at the end of the day, I guess you can't complain about everything. Um, as Spider Man up there, you know, hey, I don't mind repping for Spider Man. Pause. But anyways, um, that's basically it. So this is my playstation 2023 wrap up um what a year it has been for gaming i do want to end this off by saying 2023 and i'm um uh i wish i would have said this while i was talking about uh the game awards winners but basically 2023 has been the best year in gaming i'm going out on a limb and saying 2023 has been the best year for gaming because not only did we get Spider-Man and a Star Wars game, not only did we get a Mario and a Zelda game, not only did we get a Alan Wake and a Baldur's Gate, not only did we get an Armored Core who literally back-to-back -back fantastic games just dropped Elden Ring the day before, uh, the year before. Those games in itself are classics. And by classics, I mean in the own right. Because, of course, people are going to be like, oh, so Spider-Man is a classic. In its own right, Spider-Man 2 is better than the Spider-Man game. So it's a classic in the Spider-Man realm and the superhero realm. But, of course, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really compare. So what I basically am saying is 2023 is one of the best years ever for gaming. Industry-wise, quality-wise. And personally, with Cyberpunk right here, Cyberpunk 2077 being one of the most entertaining games I've played since playing Mass Effect. And I don't really compare too many games to Mass Effect, but Cyberpunk is up there. Like, obviously, I'm going to take Mass Effect over Cyberpunk currently because I haven't beat the game yet, even though I put a lot of hours into it. But what I will say is Cyberpunk is up there quality-wise with the Mass Effect. And with that, that should tell you all you need to know about how good 2023 has been for gaming.
So click my link tree in my bio. Let me know on one of my social medias. What do you think about 20? What do you think about my <laughs> 2023 wrap up? And also, what stood out to you the most? And what was your favorite game of 2023? Continuing the trend of recapping the industry leaders for not only gaming, but hip hop as well. We're going to also touch on the industry leaders when it comes to music in general, but because I specifically cover hip hop, we have to address the elephant in the room. Hip hop's performance in 2023 was beyond abysmal. It was one of those things where when Little Uzi Vert's Pink Tape is the first tape to secure a number one album when it comes to the grand scheme of things and how many hip-hop artists drop frequently, you know that it's a rare decline for the genre. And it's not even only performance on the charts. New genres are on the rise, which means that our overall wrap-up for 2023 is interesting because we only had three hip-hop albums released in 2023 among the top 25 consumed. And this is the fewest in six years, according to Luminant data. So it's not, oh, I made it up. Like, what's your source? I made it up. It ain't one of those. Luminant Data came out with the wrap-up results. And you know I call myself Analytic Dream. So you know we got to analyze these type of numbers because this is ridiculous. I don't know if it's because our top hip-hop performers go on hiatus for half a decade plus. I don't know if the rise of Latin music, K-pop... Afrobeats is eating up certain market space, but this is ridiculous. I think our goats in hip hop needs to step up. This reminds me, and I'm going to keep making this analogy because I don't think people understand the amount of dominance that hip hop has had over the past five to six years on the charts. Like, remember, only three hip hop albums in 2023 were among the top 25 most consumed the fewest in six years so the reason why i want to say that again is because i compare it to when team usa was dominating every other country in basketball and then you start to have the likes of a canada starting to compete with us you start to have other countries actually keep up with us on a regular basis to the point where it's like if we don't send our best of the best we may get outplayed and embarrassed so now with the decline of hip-hop albums and hip-hop songs when it comes to performing this is a new trend because over the past half decade we've been consistently dominating the charts and when i mean dominating i mean we've been occupying more space to where people probably just thought all the world listened to was hip-hop. So overall, of course, we're still competing 
as we had 70 albums in the top 200. But as far as the top, which in hip hop, we only, we don't settle for nothing less but the top. 2023 was one of the worst years performance wise because people say it, but nobody puts numbers towards what they are speaking on. So for me, I want people to get a glimpse into whatever I'm saying about hip hop because I'm not just going with the trend of talking about, oh, hip hop is falling off because quality wise, I'm not saying hip hop is falling off. I just think we have a lot more chefs that's putting out offering than before. And it's on you to pick what chef is making the right food for you. So hip hop has 70 albums in the top 200. So even that decrease, which shows you how dominant we were in the past decade. And the reasons were some of the things I just listed out with Afrobeats, Latin music, K-pop, and just the globalization of music via the internet, because now people have access to more offerings from different chefs. I'm comparing artists to chefs, if you didn't put that together. And then the lack of a number one album is very glaring and you have to highlight it because when I get into these numbers and these industry leaders, I want y'all to know that, of course, I specifically cover hip hop. So I had to address the elephant in the room as somebody is probably wondering what in the world is going on with hip hop. And if it's just a fad that everybody's saying hip hop didn't have a good year, it's not a fad statistically one of our worst years ever like i just said and i think there's a reason for it which i just laid out so now i'm not going to be the dead horse of course all you need to know is the hip-hop's market share has decreased slightly not majorly but slightly so anyways oh another stat to throw at you is hip-hop's market share was about 26 percent of the u.s market for this year so yeah with that being said also we're gonna get into the industry leaders and with that with industry leaders i try to go to certified numbers so who else to refer to as a source the billboard themselves one of the biggest the biggest when it comes to actually solidifying numbers and giving it to us in a way that we could digest so top artists of 2023 i don't know if i wanted to start with that necessarily but hey here we are taylor swift was the top artist of 2023 shocker surprised i think not taylor swift i am comparing to artists that have already passed away because her 2023 performance numbers wise literally boosted the u.s economy i bring up this stat all the time but currently i don't have it pulled up hold on let me make sure because this stat is egregious like this is this is amazing i spell government right make sure i spell that right okay so basically the government came out because of Taylor Swift performing so well. And basically, um, other than her, of course, being the top artist of 2023, she boosted the US economy. And 
I was trying to find an actual number. If you look up Taylor Swift, Beyonce, I talked about it and how much they boosted the U.S. economy. And I was trying to see if I could find that stat. If I can't, then it's not a big deal because I've said it before. For people who listen to the pod, you probably know what I'm referring to. But obviously, seems like I can't find it right now. I'm going to give it one more try because most of these categories, Taylor Swift is leading. So I want you to know why. And I don't want you to just think they're just trying to cape uh, for a white woman. <laughs> this ain't no... uh. This, this ain't no favoritism at this point. Taylor Swift really ran 2023, and it was really no doubt, wasn't up in the air, wasn't battling with nobody. Morgan Wallen, nah, triple, quadruple his numbers. Taylor Swift was really one of one when it come, came to impacting the U.S. economy. So... Uh, let me see. Oh, okay, here we go. So the tour for, for Taylor Swift passed the 1 billion mark in just nine months after kicking off in the USA. Think about that. A billion with a B in just nine months. Generating that amount of revenue is like when LeBron was in Cleveland and everybody acted like they all of a sudden wanted to visit Cleveland, knowing good, just knowing that they would not visit Cleveland if it wasn't for LeBron. Obviously, Taylor Swift was performing in uh, multiple in multiple areas, but still, just letting you know the amount of impact that she had. So, filling stadiums, earning billions, boosting the U.S. economy. Literally, she could have ran for president, and she probably would have had a lot of people vote for it. Like I'm not even like I'm being dead serious when I say Taylor Swift could run for president, and I wouldn't be surprised if she actually. Uh, gave actual politicians a run for their money. So, with that being said, Taylor Swift was the top artist of 2023. Um, of course, you have Drake, Luke Combs, Morgan Wallen, SZA. Um, you already know my personal favorite. Do I even have to say it? Like, come on now. Uh, top female artist, winner, of course, Taylor Swift, along with a Beyonce, Miley Cyrus, Olivia Rodrigo, and SZA. And then the top two, uh, the top Billboard 200 artists, which basically is, well, I'm not going to insult y'all intelligence. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And also, I have a graph, I have the actual website up. So, Analytic Dreams video on Spotify to see the video version along with the audio. But basically, Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift won that as well as the top Billboard 200 artists, along with Drake. Luke Combs, Morgan Wallen, and SZA. You're going to start to see a pattern here. A lot of these artists which is running the charts. Top Hot 100 songwriter. Taylor Swift was number one, of course. Um, I don't know if the rest is in order. They just tell, talk about the winner. And then you have uh, Ashley Gorley, which is a, a guy, I believe. Actually, let me not assume. But um, looks... Yeah, let me just chill. Ashley Gorley, <laughs> Jack Antonoff, SZA, and then Zach Bryan. Hold up one second. I got to take my... I had a jacket on because I was getting cold, and now I'm just, like, burning hot. I don't know why y'all need to know that, but, hey, that information is in your membrane now. So, hey, you got to deal with it. So, anyways, um, let's keep going. Top radio songs artist. Taylor Swift, of course, was the leader, along with Miley Cyrus, Morgan Wallen, SZA, in the weekend that's why i'm really going over this list because if it was just straight artists from other genres then i probably wouldn't have covered it this extensively um but 
of course, with R&B and uh, hip-hop artists uh, sprinkled throughout these lists, I thought it would be nice for people to know. As I did say that this episode is the year-end wrap-up for hip-hop and gaming, so we're also going to get it. So we're going to get the industry leaders, and then we're going to get my personal favorites for 2023. Right now, obviously, we're getting to the industry leaders. So that was the top radio songs, artists, top song sales artists, of course, Taylor Swift. And this one threw me for a loop. Because I haven't heard of Jason Aldean, and I haven't heard of Oliver Anthony. Actually, yes, I have. I covered Oliver. Okay, I remember him. I think he was the guy who seemed like he was just in the middle of nowhere making music. I don't know how he got a hold of recording equipment and internet, but somehow he did, and he blew up after that. So you have Taylor Swift, Jason Aldean, Miley Cyrus, Morgan Wallen, and Oliver Anthony music. And then we kept going to top Billboard Global 200. And then at this point, you probably already... I'm trying to see how many. There's a lot of different categories. Yeah, let's keep going with that because it's not too many left. Because I don't want to just keep beating a dead horse because y'all understand who's the top artist. But these are these names are changing other than Taylor Swift. So Taylor Swift led the pack by far. Like, laughed them, not even close, don't even look back type beat when they just, she just smoked them in 2023. Probably one of the more dominant performances from an artist i've seen in a year ever like the amount of impact an artist could have in a year i think i've seen the biggest with taylor swift like this is crazy dropping two albums both of them selling one million plus first week when my favorite artist who's drake who's also huge pause putting out his biggest album accumulated 600 or 700 plus first week sales well thousand of course 600 to 700 thousand first week sales i forget the actual number i will have to actually let me just look that up right now because i know drake views so drake views views sold oh my goodness 852,000 first week so to put that in comparison I think the highest first week sales in U.S. history is Eminem, of course. Eminem again, of course. Eminem again, of course, in the top three. Um, you know, I would say white privilege, but y'all could probably already figure that out. Number four, 50 Cent with the Massacre. And then number five, the Carter three with uh, Lil Wayne. And then Drake with, uh, they say one million each, but um, I think that was rounding up for Drake. So really the Carter three is number five with Lil Wayne. But now let's compare taylor swift because you know it's going to get to that point where oh you ain't going to compare drake and taylor swift because you knew if he was on top you would have compared them and i got to keep it fair i got to cover it like i see it so taylor swift put out literally two albums in one year i mean shout out to the artists who take 20 years to put out uh uh bodies of work but taylor swift put out let's see 19 1989 and also these are re-releases so this is even crazy how this is selling like this so because if you don't know re-releases and even in the gaming space remasters always well usually don't hit as hard as the original for somehow some reason somehow some way taylor swift managed to captivate the same type of feel that she captivated at whenever she released this uh originally uh, original album so, anyways, let me see if I can find it. 
I don't think they do first week sales for other artists. Oh, yes, they do. Okay. So Taylor Swift sold 1.5 million. Yes, 1.5. 1.5 million first week when 1989. So that's one, right? And then you have, if I can find another one. Then you have, I think it was Speak Now. Is that the album? Yeah. Okay. So that was that was the second one that she dropped uh, this year, and and that came out that came out in October twenty seventh, twenty twenty three, which literally made Drake push his album back. So if you gotta call it like it is, um, you can't say I never do that. You know what I mean? Because Drake pushing his album back for an artist I never thought I'd see today. So what else? Let me see if I can find this, and then speak now so the first album she put out this year debuted it with okay so it wasn't a million it was 700,000 first week which basically I think they was expected to sell okay what did she actually sell she sold it says 1.04 I'm trying to Make sure I can fact check this. I'm seeing 700,000. I'm seeing 1.04. I don't know if to talk about vinyls. I don't know what it is. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Um, with everything as far as streaming and vinyls, it was 1.04. Of course, um, that's insane. 1.4 to follow that up with 1.5 as far as first week sales. Just different level of impact. Literally, Eminem. I, I read off the top performing hip-hop albums of all time and you see taylor swift did that twice in one year like gotta put it in perspective because i think a lot of people they understand taylor swift's status in a game but analytically i don't think they know just how much dominance has been displayed by mrs swift you know by the swifties as if uh I'm getting their name correct because also got to credit her fan base because they showed up and showed out as one of the best fan bases ever in music history. So, anyways, enough of Taylor Swift. Just had to put it in perspective so y'all don't think we just uh, crown in Taylor Swift for no reason. So, the top Billboard Global 200 artists was Taylor Swift, Bad Bunny, Morgan Wallen, SZA, and The Weeknd. I knew Bad Bunny was going to hop on this list at some point. Then we had top Billboard Global uh, exclusive. Well, no, exclusive. I can't read. Excluding U.S. artists. So we had Taylor Swift again, goodness, Bad Bunny, Ed Sheeran, New Jeans, and The Weeknd. If you didn't know, The Weeknd is not from America. He's from Canada. And that also adds to my other point that Canada has been producing some pretty quality, high quality uh, artists, if I might add. Because if you really think about it, The Weeknd, Drake, Toy Lanes, there's probably other Canada artists that I'm missing out on. They have a very strong case, kind of like my go ba going back to my Team USA point. It's like Jokic, uh, Joel, and who else? And Giannis. Yeah, you know how those are overseas artists, or not artists, overseas basketball players. Basically, they, as far as the top of the top, are are in that discussion. And they're from somewhere else. And people sometimes try to think they're from here. Like Joel, obviously, they're saying like he is is uh, 
um, rumors that he's going to play from Team USA because technically, I guess he's lived enough. I don't know, some type of loophole, right? Because USA doesn't really have the greatest of big men if we're not talking about Anthony Davis or Bam. But this is not basketball. Let's get back into hip-hop so I don't lose, lose people. The weekend is not from U.S. He's from Canada. And um, just to throw it out there because I think people forgot just for no reason other than throw shade 21 Savage is also not from America. He's from the UK. But, hey, <laughs> I don't know why I felt like throwing that in there. I just felt like that was one of the craziest moments in life when we figured that out. And uh, can't let y'all ever forget that. So, anyways, top male artists. Of course, we finally got the man himself that dropped the M-bomb, right? I was wondering why in the world was this man not getting any Grammy nominations for 2023 after putting up the performance that he did on the charts? Well, Ladies and gentlemen, this man has been accused of being racist. Yes, I know. Looking at him, you would never tell that this man was racist. You would never tell that this man would walk into a bar and be like, I didn't think I'd see you people. You know what I'm saying? With that mustache, with that haircut, who would have ever thunk that that man would look at black people and have some racist sentiments crossing in his brain? Mm -mm -mm. So anyways... Morgan Wallen was the leader for Top Male Artists. Then we had Drake, Luke Combs, The Weeknd, and Zach Bryan. Um, Luke Combs is an interesting one because I've listened to Luke Combs. I'm pretty sure he's a country artist. And I think that's the first time I ever listened to country music. And I was like, oh, I get it. Like, this is fire. It's like sad songs mostly. But for country, they get away with it. Because you know how people clown Juice World and Rod Wave, how they're super sad, making music all the time, or super sad through their music all the time. Luke Combs basically sings sad songs, but everybody just gravitates towards it because I guess that's just how country is. So hip hop, you know, with this braggadocious lyrics, you know, not really supposed to get sad too often, but for country is the exact opposite. Showing your feelings really results in a revenue stream. So anyways. It was nice seeing Luke Combs up there. Top hot 100 artists had Morgan Wallen leading again with Drake, Luke Combs, and now we have SZA and Taylor Swift. So top streaming artists. Now, this is this one was interesting because I thought this would go to, go to Drake. I'm not going to lie. I thought Drake is the type of artist because if you don't know, Drake really – doesn't get any of his uh, numbers from physical copies. It's all streams. I'm not going to say, yeah, I think it's all streams. I don't think he sells discs. He doesn't sell vinyls. I know for a fact he doesn't sell vinyls, any physical copies. So I don't even know if you can actually buy a disc with For All the Dogs title on it. Like maybe if you downloaded it and, and burnt the cd yourself i shout out to my people who was out there burning cds back in the day but as far as streaming i thought drake would be number one but of course they have morgan wallen at leading the pack with a drake SZA, taylor swift and then zach bryan the reason why taylor swift i don't think this is in order but anyways the reason why taylor swift is um not leading this um category because you would think obviously the dominance that she displayed in 2023 she would also lead top streaming is because her fans went out and purchased her music i know right talk about actually respecting and valuing music the swifties went out and purchased physical copies with a price tag that is outlandish that you could substitute that for any type of meal at a fast food place they went and purchased taylor swift speak easy and 18 
1989. So with that being said, the Swifties really showed up when it came to physical copies. And best believe me, if the artist had the option for 500,000 fans to buy the album or a million fans to stream, they're choosing 500,000 fans to buy the albums 10 times out of 10. If y'all knew how little a stream was worth compared to buying actual music, it is it, it it's very bewildering that artists promote streaming so much when you can have your artists buy an album and it count more towards the charts. If I, and especially because some artists be faking, well, all artists fake their numbers. It's like 70, 80% fake, and the rest is like actual fan base. Um, just keep that in mind for all the entertainment industry. So with that being said, Morgan Wall, oh no, what was I saying? Um, totally forgot what I was saying. Oh, Taylor Swift. Yeah, I definitely forgot my point. I'm getting old. But, but anyways, the top streamer artist, as you can see, Morgan Wallen uh, led the pack. And the the discussion between whether an artist will like actual album purchases versus streaming is an interesting one because I don't think people realize just how many streams you need to add up to like one album sale. So, um, yeah, it's a lot. It's like 1,000, 2,000 to even equivalent to one album purchase so anyways let's keep going top duo slash group we have uh oh i think i covered these people so uh fuerza regida yeah that's how you say it because i think i actually looked up how to say their name so fuerza regida won this um category along with some of these names i'm gonna definitely mess up um Esleban armando armado armado I think it's Armado. I don't know. S. Lebon Armado 5050, which looks like a K-pop group. Uh, Grupo Frontera. I'll cover him extensively. And Metallica. Oh, look at Metallica. Isn't they like a... They like... Ancient. Ain't they? Oh, my fault. Like, I ain't mean to be that disrespectful, but goodness. I, I see Metallica. I think back into the, the Civil War days. I'm, I'm like, dang. Y'all been around for a minute, right? Anyways, I'm probably incorrect with that because I don't really cover or know too much about Metallica, but I just think they're just super old for some reason. So, anyways, top new artists. See, uh, Ice Spice up there. I don't know why that jumped out at me, it, you know, as far as being the, the first person on this list because obviously she wasn't the leader of this or the winner of this category, but she jumped out to me not, uh, nonetheless. So we had Zach Bryan as the leader of the top new artists. Bailey Zimmerman and Ice Spice Jelly Roll. What in the bro? Y'all really out here streaming a man named Jelly Roll? Now, no hate, right? Let me let y'all see this because I don't even think y'all can see. Okay, now y'all can see his name. What in the world are y'all doing spending y'all free time listening to a man called Jelly Roll? I'm being dead serious. I don't care what type of music this man makes. And as a hip hop cover, I know I sound like a complete total hypocrite talking about another artist's name but let me tell you something jelly roll is up there for one of the worst artist names i've ever seen in life how are you going to get any type of brand sponsorship with the mix of two different candy companies like at that point you're not even trying in life like you're just trying to get your bag and dip who in the world is giving a big sponsorship or promotional bag to a man called jelly roll 
Like, honestly, I don't know why they're tricking me. That's just crazy. People don't be thinking about their names no more. Nobody puts thought into their name. Nobody puts significant mental capacity to coming up with an artist's name that's going to last forever. I mean, I guess you could change it like Lotto did, but you already know that whole situation. Um, for my fans of other genres or my or supporters of other genres, I mean, um, yeah, I totally blank. I don't know why I'm blanking on points right now. Anyways, Jelly Roll is just ridiculous. That that needs to change. And um, shame on y'all for streaming him. Obviously not. You know, I'm not being serious. You know, tongue in cheek. For for else, uh, before the Jelly Roll people get offended and unite. But like Jelly Roll unite is that like the that's like the Captain America uh Avengers uh assemble right? Like, do y'all be like Jelly Roll out before you listen to his music? Anyways, let me let me keep going. My fault. Uh, and then oh can't be disrespectful and then ending off the list for top new artists is Pesa Pluma who me specifically had a lot of um interest and authentic coverage of Peso literally because he's my favorite Latin music uh my favorite Latin musician currently so but who's out here streaming Jelly Roll I'm still stuck on that I'm sorry I gotta move on because I can't look at this no more Jelly Roll is ridiculous. That's that that just got to go. Like, if you listen to Jelly Roll, y'all got to click my link tree in my bio. And let me know on one of my social medias. Like, why why are you listening to him and and how can I intervene? Right. So, anyways, top top hot one hundred producers. We have Joey Moy. That's how you say it. Jack Antonoff, Metro Boomin, Taylor Swift, and Zach Bryan. Now you know what they say. If Metro don't trust you, I'ma shoot you. And not me specifically, because I'm a law-abiding citizen. But somebody will shoot you if Metro don't trust you. So I don't know why he needs somebody to shoot for him. Heard he's pretty sensitive. But, you know, that's just come from, coming from uh, unique sources. Let's just leave it at that. So anyways, um, when it comes to Metro booming, I thought he would be the leader. I'm going to be completely honest. I don't know what jo Joey Moy produced. That's just my ignorance. But as far as Metro producing the Spider-Man soundtrack and also producing... Well, I guess Heroes and Villains technically was a 2022 release in December, I believe. So that probably didn't count. Okay, so that kind of makes sense. But if they would have counted up... I don't like when artists put out albums in December because it's like they want... Uh, they want awards from a year that they didn't release in, you know? It's like you released in technically... In technicality, right? If we're in like a competitive lane... Te technically you're excluded from winning because you released the album and last year i don't care if it was in december you shouldn't have released in december you should have chose an earlier date in the year you chose to release it in december it's gonna stay in that year but anyways you know other people are a little different so i think that's why he's not leading the pack i think if it would have combined heroes and villains along with the spider man across the spider verse soundtrack it probably would have he probably would have been leading the pack but Nonetheless, he's still on the list, and along with uh, Zach Bryan, Taylor Swift, Jack Antonoff, and of course, the leader of the top hot 100 producer, Joey Moy. I know being a producer probably is very lucrative, so all of these people are well-fed, and two of these artists are, well, two of these people are actually artists along with being a producer, so that's just another level of a uh, revenue stream. So, that's basically it. And then we have artists by genre, of course. I'm not going to go through all that. I just really wanted to get into the top artists just to give y'all um, 
uh, implication uh, uh, overview of how the industry is looking right now and as you can see hip-hop is nowhere to be found i mean we see k-pop we see Latin musicians, like I was saying at the beginning of the segment, we really getting outplayed by these different genres when we used to just dominate them completely. And so now it's not looking like that. But hey, I mean, how you? I don't even know. I mean, I guess top rap touring artists. I mean, a, a genre specifically for us, we won. I mean, I guess. And of course, it's Drake. I mean. It's, we talking about hip hop. Drake's the only one putting up consistent numbers. It's kind of like LeBron at this point. It's like nobody wants to help this man. Nobody wants to help Drake carry the genre. Like it's just him and him alone. Well, Nicki did her thing. If I had, okay, so let me shout out some of the artists that did their thing, right? SZA, Future, led hip hop artists of 2023, and as far as chart impact, and then Drake was also in there. Um. Little Dirk, J. Cole, All My Life. Did that come out this year? I don't know why I'm blanking on that. I think that I think that song did come out this year. Yeah, 2023. Came out May 12th, 2023. So Little Dirk, J. Cole with All My Life definitely impacted the charts. I'm just I'm just giving you some of the heavy hitters from hip hop. And then we had Little Uzi Vert, just wanna rock, of course. We had SZA just taking over dominating the charts when it comes to uh carrying the r&b mantra people say r&b is dead and i just think that's because they don't want to give women any credit all these women out here like SZA, um capella gray um ari lennox so many other ones i'm blanking on it right now summer walker i mean it's just so many different women running the r&b space so for people to say r&b is dead or r&b not performing tell me why r&b out here outperforming hip-hop so anyways um you know, of course, to wrap this up, I'm not going to, like, go through every single list. I mean, as you can see right here, top rap artist. All of these is just going to be Drake. If it's not rap, uh, I mean, if it's rap, it's Drake. If it's R&B, it's SZA. That's, that's just how you need it. That's just how we're going to leave it because that's that's literally how it is. Um, or The weekend, But The weekend technically didn't put out a body of work. I mean, I know he put out a soundtrack for the idol but i'm not counting as a project because if i did boy if i did that'll be up there for me because the weekend just don't miss i've come to realize why is kanye west on top gospel album i'm so sorry i just saw that category i'm like bro the slap in the face to christians anyways let's keep going so um yeah that threw me off i'm just gonna leave that up there for y'all amusement so basically with the weekend being the top R&B artist and oh no oh, okay I remember what I was saying so The Weeknd putting out the Idol soundtrack made me realize that I think The Weeknd sonically has put out some of the best m music I've ever heard in life I mean not to be dramatic but sonically this man is just on a different level and over time, because it's been quite some time that The Weeknd's been consistently putting out music, I've just realized sonically he's putting out, he's put out some of the best music I've ever heard in life. I mean, listening to Hurricane, listening to, what was that song off of The Idol? It's like All the Girls or whatever. Listening to the song with The the Weeknd, One of the Girls, listening to, uh, that's the one I was talking about, One of the Girls. And then listening to the song with The Weeknd, 
uh not the weekend with a uh, little baby yeah see it's not in this albums because it's a playlist that's what i'm saying it's that's why it's hard to find it um how do i even pull that up how do you pull up an album that's a that's a soundtrack oh, okay i found it no i didn't find it what in the world bro this makes it so hard let me just go to this is the weekend okay yeah so um the song with little baby i still can't find it man they make it really hard to find this idol soundtrack false idols with little baby that song along with hurricane really the weekend little baby if they came out with a collaborative album it could be one of the best collaborative albums of all time i think i think sonically those two really mesh um trying to think what else and then let me see. That's basically it. I'm trying to look and see what actually was. Yeah, that's what it is. The Idol soundtrack. Okay. So then you had Popular. You had One of the Girls. You had Fill the Void. You had False Idols. Double Fantasy. Like, I don't think y'all really understand. If The Weeknd put this out as his own album, I'm not saying that he couldn't get these features on his own, but the HBO budget must have been crazy because I've never seen this many high-level uh, features on the weekend album not saying he couldn't get them i'm just saying he never did previously before this album like this album he was pulling out the heavy hitters like playboy cardi don't come out for nobody he came out for the weekend uh he literally had a k-pop artist on here Janie, i believe uh little baby was on here future i mean this man was pulling out all the stops for this soundtrack for for a tv show that wasn't even that good i watched i even watched the entire thing i even finished it it was that bad i'm sorry and i'm a huge weekend fan so that should let you know what type of uh static we have right now so not static but what type of uh, show we have as that show was not it um jealous guy doll like it's just that soundtrack if it was an actual album from the weekend would probably be one of his greatest albums of all time because that man was really uh putting up some top tier vocal performances on that album well technically soundtrack so anyways it's not an album so it's not gonna be on my list spoiler alert but just had to you know um talk about that because this is the wrap up and i did want to touch on that pause as that really did what um impact me in the way that it made me realize that the weekend actually makes some of the best music i've ever heard so anyways uh songs let me see songs top selling song was anti-hero Oh, yeah, that's probably all you need to know. Taylor Swift, Morgan Wallen, Last Night, Jungkook, Lotto 7 for a top global song. No, top global K-pop song, sorry. Top song overall is obviously Taylor Swift, Antihero. Um, I could keep going on and on about the industry. Obviously, you see the website if you don't, Analytic Dreams video on Spotify to see the video along with the audio. But the just the numbers that comes from Billboard is just very um influential in the market share like it shows you exactly what these artists are doing and how they're performing against his peers like artists can come out and say oh i'm number one can't nobody mess with me until them billboard results come out and their name ain't nowhere to be found on these lists i mean where is meek oh, let me chill <laughs> let's just say as an avid drake fan um some artists that diss drake just just need to realize that sometimes it, it doesn't pay to be a hater you know well, really, all the times it don't pay to be a hater, you know. So, top rap album, uh, her loss. Damn, her her loss came out last year, didn't it? Am I tripping? 
Her loss came out. Was it this year? Let me see. Her loss. Yeah, her loss came out last year. So, anyways, I don't know why it's looking like that. Anyways, yeah, it's starting to get into music from last year. So that's that's probably telling me to wrap it up. So, anyways, um, overall, of course, the genre has been um no the consumption of genres has been exp expanding expounding no expanding and me expounding on that is basically telling you that internet has led to people trying out new genres and they've um found out that they have a certain taste for music that they never thought they would. So that's why I think we're seeing the rise of a K-pop, of an uh, Afrobeats, of a Latin music. Those are um, those areas specifically. I think it's why we're seeing this type of decline. And to to add on to that, are legends in the game taking twenty plus years to drop music? I'm looking directly at you, Kendrick Lamar. So, anyways. Um, but that being said, hip hop overall sales and influence is still strong. So I don't want y'all to think like nobody listen, but compared to the market share, like I said, we had like 23%. Let me see if I can find this again to wrap this up. Yeah. Overall R&B and hip hop. So both the genres combined accounted for 26% of the U S market in 2023. And once again, Luminate data, according to them, only three hip hop albums released in 2023 were among the top 25 most consumed, the fewest in six years. Mm -mm -mm. So it'll be interesting to see where we go from here. But as far as y'all, click my link tree in my bio. Let me know on one of my social medias. What do you think about hip hop's decline in overall charts and what do you think hip hop needs to do to reclaim its throne and start to dominate again in the billboard and chart landscape? It is time to give my own personal list when it comes to recapping hip hop for the year of 2023. Now, if you click my link tree in my bio, shameless plug, of course, at the very bottom, well, towards the bottom, second to last, I think, you will see a tab titled what I'm currently listening to that will take you to this right here, which is another shameless plug. Analytic Dreams video on Spotify to see the video along with the audio version. But basically, I have my profile pulled up so you can see I have a lot of lists and it's pretty extensive if i do say so myself so you can see we have i think that's uh that's the other list but as far as for this specific playlist my public playlist oh yeah that's what it is okay as you can see i keep lists <laughs> it's one of those things where I like to listen to music and I think it comes through in my coverage. It's not one of those things that I did simply because, you know, a lot of people had lucrative pathways. It's something that I'm actually genuinely authentically engaged in and always have been immersed in the genre that is hip hop. So, of course, I listen to a little bit of R&B on the side. So you may see that throughout a sprinkle throughout my list. But 
mostly major majority of the time i'm listening to hip-hop so as you can see dating all the way back to si uh, 2016 i started to journal my likings of the offerings i was being given so out of the uh plethora of of music that i've listened to the extensive amount of artists that put out or the extensive list of artists who have put out music these are the top of the top for me so that's why i want to go over for 2023 specifically what i personally gravitate to and it's not going to be one of those long out uh it's not going to be one of those drawn out awards where it's like oh and now the winner is you know what i mean it's basically going to be me giving my top 10 and maybe i'll have some of the same on y'all's list and maybe not and you know it's just one of those type of things where i just want to give you a glimpse into what i believe was the best when it comes to hip-hop and r&b for uh, 2023 mainly hip-hop anyways uh starting off the list let me see if i can find this starting off the list i guess i would go to my own list but i kind of want to go to uh genius as well just in case i want to point out a specific line which is uh which is actually something i want to do right now as oh let's not start at number one i guess that's a little anticlimactic let's start at number 10 right at number 10 we have yeah here we go at number 10 we have put it on the flow again featuring well made by lotto produced by go grizzly squat beats and poo beats featuring the one and only cardi b now the reason why this made my uh, number 10 list is because i think women dominated when it came to putting forth top quality music and obviously a lot of people throw around the sentiment that they only talk about certain things when it comes to topics and you could say the same about men but the difference is men's topics that they continue to stay on for for time and time again is about non-law-abiding activities like what is wrong when enjoying the things that women enjoy talking about versus uh the men whose um things they're talking about is actually taking lives and people off the streets i don't want to get too morbid because of course i'm a hip-hop cover so i do realize that this is a part of the game but i do have to say for people pointing out the women and how they only talk about or rap about or sing about sexual activities you can say the same about male artists when it comes to gun violence selling poison to the community all type of things you know i'm not getting on my dr umar tip i'm just i'm just laying that out there that a lot of people i think just have a certain type of vitriol towards women that they wouldn't necessarily have towards males and you know hey if the shoe fits you know hey i ain't say you as a size whatever but if it fits you then hey i guess i guess you may need to look in the mirror so anyways number 10 put it on the floor again with lotto and cardi b made my number 10 and then number nine we have the biggest gangster in hip-hop you already know where i'm going to the biggest gangster in hip-hop i'm just gonna type it in for y'all to see here we go right here and also shameless plug analytic dreams video on spotify to see the video along with the audio version but the reason why this is my number nine is simply for the fact that who doesn't love some bread and butter like if you don't love bread and butter i think something's actually wrong with your mental state 
Not really, just a joke, so don't get offended, but you know what I'm saying. Bread and Butter by Gunna is one of the best tracks of 2023 for me, which is why I came on my number nine, uh, which, it can't, which is why it came on my ninth spot. And I think it was a perfect track for Gunna as not only was he giving us a glimpse into what he was thinking going through his situation with being accused of being a snitch, but also he gave us a nice melody and chorus that we could also have that replay value. And for me, the biggest quality uh, driven content is the ones that implement your real life. Like you're going to realize throughout this entire list that artists put in their life into music is one of my favorite things to see because I think it's very lazy and shows that you're not dedicated with the art when you don't put your life experiences into music. Literally, music is a vessel to express emotions. And if you are using that vessel to express other emotions that you heard just because it sounds cool, I think you're doing a disservice to the hip-hop community. So with Bread and Butter being an actual story about something that's going on in this real life, because rappers love to say, oh, that didn't happen. I'm just rapping about fictional events knowing that they are not Denzel Washington, they are not Jamie Foxx out here acting in the 1960s, right? They are rapping about certain activities that may or may not apply to their everyday life. And for some, it's more on the nose than others. So Gunner for Bread and Butter, I love how he put his life into the music, his situation into the music. And technically, Gunner had the most uphill battle because nobody wanted his album to do well. I'm not going to say nobody, but his click and his what people call groupies, as far as the A-list rappers who only feature on each other's albums, they really couldn't care less if Gunna sold. Young Thug literally has a jail call, which I don't know if it's snitching, but I'm a law-abiding citizen, so I just call it teller the truth. Young Thug has a jail call to Little Baby talking about we're going to drop the same time Little Buddy drops. And who y'all think that Little Buddy was? Anyways, so Bread and Butter really um, defeated all the odds. It was really a David and Goliath type storyline. The way that Gunna rose out of jail and literally became one of the hottest hip hop artists in the game with, um, let's just say F You Mean, because it's a PG podcast. It was a sight to see and one that I don't think we'll ever see replicated. Gunna did what everybody thought Bobby Schmurder would have done when he came out of jail. Think about that. So anyways, let's keep going. Number eight. For number eight, we have the one and only, the, the multi-talented, if I can even spell it right. The multi-talented. Um, yeah, I still ain't spell it right. Give me a second. I need help. Did I not spell that right? I did spell it right. Hold up, maybe I need to type in Travis. Oh, I guess I could I should talk about my criteria, huh? Um, so basically, my criteria before we get to uh my number seven. My criteria, wait, is it not number 10, 9, 8? We're going to number eight. I can't count. Um, my criteria is one, lyrics, of course. Number two, repeatability. And then three, I have 
basically different moods aka vibes because you got to have tracks you can vibe out to can't be listening to no lecture rap 24 7 so i need my medicine with the candy and that's why some tracks on here while it may seem ignorant always has a great message in the midst of the track so um yeah that's just my certified criteria list you know all the other stuff i give is extra on top of that list but basically for me the most important thing is definitely lyrics two repeatability three of course different moves aka vibes meaning that it could fit different vibes and whatever situation you're in so if you're with your parents if you're at the club like this track specifically what i'm about to get into fits that criteria obviously because it's on this list but anyways i don't even know why i said that <laughs> obviously all these tracks fit the list but um so number eight we have travis scott and beyonce delestro now the thing about delestro is it was the second single from utopia and i don't know if Travis Scott would have had the run he had if it wasn't for all these features because you already know Travis Scott was actively getting canceled simply because well not simply because he had a major lapse in judgment time and time again with inciting a crowd and inciting inciting a riot which you can literally look up back in Arkansas he was arrested for inciting a riot and then years later he had a lot of other incidents with inciting riots and then the world situation happened where multiple people died. Not to make it morbid, but I'm laying out the facts because I don't want nobody to forget about the world situation because I think a lot of people forget that you only live once. And for something of that magnitude to happen, we're just not going to... We're not just going to speed past that like it never happened. So we, we're going to address that as it is. And Travis Scott still needs to apologize for that. Have a gave, he hasn't gave a real apology to this day. So anyways... um. Besides that, putting that to the uh, to the side for this uh, list, I did enjoy the Utopia album to the point where Delestro, I think I, Del, Del Resto, I think I'm saying it right. Anyways, um, that was my favorite track uh, for the album, and Beyonce and Travis Scott being together and coming up with this type of uh, quality of work is is a sentiment towards the hip hop community and what they could accomplish if everybody wasn't beefing and the top artists actually collaborated together. I'm looking exactly at Drake and Kendrick Lamar. I would say Drake and Kanye, but for some reason, every time they collab, it's just I right. Like, it's not nothing crazy. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's not nothing crazy. But anyways, um, we still, nonetheless, would like to see an attempt to make something magical together as music is a collaborative process share energy share vibes i'm gonna keep saying vibes that's funny and um the del resto was one of the best the best blends from two musicians on a track i would say so anyways yeah del resto with travis scott and beyonce um the dancey vibe with the beat the the back and forth between beyonce going crazy on her chorus and me just forever having to walk uh stuck in my head every in the background like it, it's just walk a couple seconds walk like you literally have to listen to the track is walk it, it, it's it's literally mesmerizing the way that they just have that in the background playing over and over again i'm like hold up is this get out anyways let's keep going so that's my uh track for number eight 
And of course, number seven, we have what I think is the greatest duo currently in hip hop. As I think if these two put out a collaborative album, it'd be one of the best collaborative albums of all time. And I mean that sincerely. As False Idols from, well, by The Weeknd for the Idol soundtrack featuring Little Baby and Suzanne Sohn, I think I said that right, is one of the best tracks I heard this year, of course, and which is why it comes on my list. And I don't know why I can't keep track of this. Hold on, I'm about to go to this because I think I have another... Give me one second. I don't know why I'm having so much trouble looking at this. Okay. There we go. I can't keep I can't count, man. I can't count. So, anyways, number seven. Back to what I was saying. The weekend, little baby, false idols. It's just one of those type of tracks where it's just a match made in heaven. Produced by Mike Dean, vocals from Little Baby actually rapping. I mean, I don't think people realize that little baby is kind of in a downward spiral when it comes to perception me personally i think he's just been rapping like he's been rapping i think it's the little wayne effect i think people just got tired of that man with the same flow which is what people say but he's been rapping like that like even back when i was in high school i was like why y'all listening to the same song over and over but nowadays um i think little baby did it to himself remember back in 2020 that man had a kendrick-esque type of performance with the bigger picture and literally came out in the tweet and said don't expect that conscious rap i'd rather just stick to basically what he knows i'm like man talk about fumbling the bag so we was about to put him on the level of kendrick he basically said he ain't built like that so now everybody's just saying he fell off well fast forward to 2023 everybody everybody is saying he fell off so i think there's a a reason for that but anyways um false idols one of the greatest tracks of the year, obviously, as it came on my never a number seven on my top ten list, and I just think that the weekend and Lil Baby needs to make a collaborative project. Like talk about saving a man's career. If the weekend made a collaborative album with Little Baby sonically, it would probably be one of the best albums we've ever heard. So, anyways, coming in at number six on my list, we have Am I Dreaming? By Metro Boom, man. This may surprise some people as it is ASAP Rocky. You know, I'm a huge Drake fan. Just gonna let y'all get that for a second. So, Am I Dreaming by Metro Boomin, ASAP Rocky, and Rosie off of the Spider Man Across the Spider Verse soundtrack reminds me of, um, I forget what, what's it called. I'm not gonna say Anthem. Maybe it is an Anthem. It does remind me of an Anthem type vibe because it's like whenever you listen to the track you literally think of the movie and obviously that's a, a tribute um to the to it actually being the soundtrack to a movie but it perfectly fitting the vibe it capturing such a grandiose type of feel with the beat selection and with metro just going crazy i think this is so high on my list simply because this man metro boom and took asap rocky no disrespect and turns him in to the modern day Kanye West. I mean, you listen to ASAP Rocky on any type of Metro Boomin type production, and he has his man sound like Kanye West. Like, you can't tell me that ASAP Rocky rapping on Am I Dreaming doesn't sound like uh, back in the day graduation Kanye. And if you say he doesn't, I don't know if you ever listen to Kanye in your life because th this is obvious inspiration. Uh, and Metro has been the only person to be able to pull that out of asap because asap put put out his a plethora of his own tracks out 
he, he put I, I think i said out twice but he put a plethora of tracks out himself in 2023 talking about asap rocky and all of them did not sound like this so metro i'm completely attributing that to and giving him all the credit for this track and he basically 2018 lebron carried a lot of these artists that can't make their own song into making kanye-esque type music which is why am i dreaming is number six on my list so getting to number five so getting into the top five of course paint the town red now i know what y'all saying boy you going to hill <laughs> nah. I already I can already see the comments because I can already see what y'all saying, you know? Talking about a song called Paint the Town Red from a person like Doja Cat is blasphemy. I know, but man, you would be lying if you said this song not fire. This song from start to finish is a vibe. Like the actual lyrics to I said what I said standing on it I'd rather be famous instead I let all that get to my head I don't care I paint the town red like if that ain't bars I don't know what is because you notice for the other tracks I didn't really read off the lyrics well I guess I could have for bread and butter but anyways Doja Cat is the first lyricist to me that ended up on this list now shout out to Lotto and Cardi B they also are you know great rappers but they are now on Doja Cat's level. I think it's Nikki Doja as far as women rap in the top two. So Doja Cat was really spitting on this track, came with a nice melody, chorus. Sonically, she was mixing it up like a Kendrick-esque, Nikki-esque type vibe. Like her vocal inflection, the way that she was switching up her tone. I mean, her voice is is built for, for rap. Like Doja Cat is one of those where she performs and you realize that you cannot, even if you had the same exact track, you cannot perform it like that. Vocally, sonically, you cannot perform it like Doja does because her control over what she's giving out is insane. That's why I compare it to Nicki and Kendrick because her vocal inflection, the way she switches it whenever she wants, I like it. And um, Paint the Town Red, of course, ran the charts. It's probably the most successful track on this list, I think. Yeah, it's, it's the most successful track on this list. And um, I think there's a reason for that. Chorus is fire. Lyrics are fire. I mean, overall, Doja Cat is fire. So it's just like, hey, well, what do you want me to do, man? I guess I might throw some holy water on me after this segment. But anyways, uh, getting into number four of my top five tracks for 2023, we have Just the Memories. Now, I went back and forth with this because technically i like nikki's whole album which we're gonna get to but with this let me go to let me go to pink friday too um let me just go to a bigger version okay so this is the last track as you see just the memories is the last track off of a 22 track album and the reason why i picked this is my favorite is because literally a lot of the tracks off of pink friday too could probably re replace this spot but um Oh, one of the other things I forgot to say. So I'm going to get back to that. But one of the other things I forgot to say in my criteria is that I do not have repeat artists or else this whole list would be filled with like Drake and the weekend songs. But I like to have one appearance from an artist. So that means if she had a feature that was straight fire, like Drake and J. Cole's track, um, uh, first person shooters that's not on here because obviously i have a drake track as one of my favorites and you know if i can leave jermaine off i will so <laughs> anyways um 
So I'm not having uh, artists on here twice, which is why you probably see some songs missing. Just think if the artist is on here, then that's their submission. So think of whatever favorite song you have for that artist and you can place your own list. But for me, this is my favorite uh, track from that specific artist. And even if they had a feature that was out of this world or a track that was out of this world, I wouldn't include that as well because I only put one from each artist. So, for example... The reason why I said that while talking about Nikki is because I had Ice Spice and Nikki uh, Nikki's uh, Princess Diana remix on my list for the longest until Pink Friday 2 came out. And because of me having the favorite Nikki song on this list, I had to take the Ice Spice and Nikki one off because she would have been on here twice. So that's why my list is structured the way it is. Anyways, getting back into my uh, pick. So number four, just the memories. Literally, I have this because you could swap it out with any track from Pink Friday 2, but the biggest difference is Pink Friday 2 is an experience. Like, Nicki's best album that she's ever uh, structured and put together. I think it's her best album she ever created. Simply. Simply put. So, number four slot is literally for any track you want to replace with just the memories off pink friday too but i put it because it's the last track of the album really puts a bow tie on the entire present that was pink friday too and overall nikki just really showcased that she's just one of the greatest rappers ever like of all time like she's i think she's in my yeah she's in my top 10 of all time and um i guess i could get my top 10 even though give a Imagine giving a top 10 list in the midst of giving a top 10 list. That's crazy. But anyways, let me let me go to my list right quick. So my top 10 for those who was wondering is uh, number one. We're going to go through it. Uh, we're going to go through it real quick. I'm not going to like spend too much time on it. But anyways, number one was Jay-Z, of course, Sean Carter. Like, come on now. Number two, Kendrick Lamar. And this is top rappers all time. So number two, Kendrick Lamar. Number three, I have Notorious B.I.G., Number four, I have Tupac. Number five, I have Drake. Number six, I have Lil Wayne. Number seven, I have Nas. Number eight, I have Eminem. Number nine, I have Nicki Minaj. And then number 10, I have Andre 3000. So anyways, Nicki's on my list. So that should already tell you the type of uh, status I hold her in. But with this album, it really just solidified it. And I think Just the Memories is a, a great send-off to a classic body of work. Anyways, track number three. So now we're in the top three. And coming in at number three, we have The Dark Horse. Because I don't think nobody knows about this man. And I don't know why. Because this man literally sold... Let me see how much he sold first week. Because you know how a lot of artists were struggling to even crack 60, 50,000 first week? What's the album title? Hope. NF, when it comes to actually having a fan base, is one of the best because, I mean, obviously he's white, so you know, white privilege. But NF Hope sold 122,000 first week. Compared to a lot of other albums, it, it was uh, in the top four. One, two, three, and then you have the Drake, and then you have the Nicki. So, top five. Um, so yeah, very, very much a popular artist, but as far as my field and my circles, his name doesn't really get brought up. It's interesting because would you rather want the notoriety, would you rather want the notoriety and fame or the statistics and revenue? 
like would you want the publicity or would you want the behind the scenes dollars like for nf he chose the latter he is really behind the scenes running up the numbers and he could not care less that nobody knows what his face looks like so that's not why i chose him of course hope in general is just one of the greatest albums of the, of the year of course obviously spoiler alert it's gonna be on my list but motto is uh my favorite track off of that album as it really captivates what he is as an artist and what he stands for and why he's so behind the scenes but still runs up the numbers with his fan base to the point where you just can't ignore it and you have to include it uh in the hip-hop discussion because if you're putting up these type of numbers not doing any type of press or media then man we have to have we have to rethink our uh marketing strategy when it comes to um hip-hop because this man nf is is running away with like all the numbers compared to most of the field like i said top five first week sales in 2023 with this album hope but with motto being um the second single off of the album and nf has a bunch of albums out and i've always liked nf i've always said if i was to be a rapper it would have to be a mix of nf and drake because i like how nf doesn't curse but still gets his point across because i don't think you have to cuss to get your point across if you have you know um if your lexicon is extensive i don't think you have to curse so with that being said let you uh yeah so here we go nf motto is um my third favorite track on my list and i mean just look at the first verse i could write a record full of radio songs do a bunch of features that my label would love do a bunch of features that i don't even like just to build up the hype like he's literally literally giving us stuff that's life reflection type material where it's kendrick-esque so nf is on that level of a kendrick i would say and which is why i think he's one of the better rappers i've ever heard in my lifetime and i'm being so serious and i've talked about him a lot he's just really a dark horse doesn't come up in a lot of discussions because he's not about the drama he's not out here doing outlandish things like um you know calling out random people trying to make more buzz for his album because obviously he's selling without making any noise so um very intriguing when it comes to that aspect but his fan base must be very tapped in with him because he really doesn't promote like that so anyways um yeah model made my top three with uh well by nf top two top two and not two no i'm just joking he is two this time but um away from home y'all already know the boy was gonna make my list i mean come on now is it really a rap discussion without talking about Aubrey Graham, a.k.a. Champagne, a.k.a. Drake, a.k.a. The Boy, and also known as October's very own? So with that being said, Away From Home comes at number two for me because if you really think about it, Drake has bars, but he knows that numbers and statistically he wants to perform at a certain level. That man put out the extension of for all the dogs i forget what he titled it i think it was scary hours three with like two um fairy uh i forget what they call it but anyways the, the little fairies that look off of peter pan that's what it looked like it looked like two of them on the on the album cover and basically that didn't sell nearly as well as the songs that people said they hated did so i think drake has to really um stop listening to certain people when it comes to that because statistically analytically he knows what he's doing and i think this is one of his best bodies of work ever as he put up his most number one since scorpion so obviously the formula worked in some 
fashion. And I think people who are critiquing him kind of want him to pigeonhole himself into a box so people look at him a certain way. So that's why I say away from home is, is the perfect, I mean, the perfect mixture of having a replayable song and also lyrics to go along with it. I mean, I've talked about this in my review for For All the Dogs, so I'm not going to go too much into it. But basically, when he starts to get into personal reflection, like in... Uh, what was it? What was it at? It was the, it was the, oh yeah. Who the CEO of Universal they mistaken because Google say is Lucian, but that don't really make sense. Who filling up the piggy bank? Who bringing home the bacon? This stuff don't come on vinyl. I'm still record breaking. Like that's, that's life in itself because obviously people know that Universal Music Group's biggest artist currently i think it's drake yeah well i think that's so disrespectful it is drake <laughs> so um him you know pointing that out is funny him also talking about his life talking about fighting over three different jasons like the matrix that was fire him talking about him not being uh, a gangster what was that out? uh i think it was over here he was like i wasn't really gangster to now oh here it is no that's not it. Um. Oh yeah. To keep it real, I really wasn't. To keep it real, I wasn't really gangster to now. I was living on a cloud. I was quiet as a mouse. I was in the club getting lost in a crowd. Wasn't doing what I wanted. I do what was allowed. That type of reflection on your personal growth, I think, is interesting and. I do wish we would have got more of that. So I'm not saying that. I think his topic matter, as we will get into when I cover albums, I think his topic matter was very, um, on a certain level for certain ages. But when he got into his bag of grown up rap and looking back on his life and retrospective and uh, hindsight thinking or uh, pers hindsight perspective, he really gave it uh, in this track that. I think he didn't really have to do. He could have kept with the yeet type sound because obviously people say they hate it, but it's on the charts. How that make that make sense. So anyways, um, and not even on the charts. It's like his best performing track other than like first person shooter. So anyways, away from home, my favorite track off of Four All the Dogs. But if you heard my review, shameless plug, Four All the Dogs, Analytic Dream, all of these you can look up and I've already talked about it before. So that's why I'm not spending too much time on it. But basically, it's just Drake doing what Drake does the, the best to his ability. And his ability is, is by far and away, leaps and bounds, head and shoulders above the rest. So anyways, but he did come in at number two. So I guess it's kind of, you know, that's it's like a, what they call it, oxymoron? No, it's not oxymoron, is it? Yeah, I think it is. Anyways, we're just going to keep going. So anyways... Uh, we're not going to do a drum roll, but I will tell you what came in at number one for me. And, you know, you may call me biased because I'm a huge Migos fan. And that's okay because you ain't going to lie, man. I'm not going to lie. Quavo's album tugged on the, on the uh, tugged on the what they call the, the, the heartstrings or whatever. As you can really tell, this was a sentimental album for his. Um, I'm trying to think. I think Takeoff, takes off, uh, I can't even talk. Takeoff's his uh, nephew, I believe. Nephew, uncle. Yeah, I think Quavo is Takeoff's uncle. Yeah, 
because you know offset then came out said they not even blood related which you know offset is his own yeah that man has his own problems so anyways uh quavo comes in number one for me which is surprising because i never thought i would ever say that in life because quavo with his last album he had all the industry features in the world and still managed to put out a bad album and uh i forget what it was called let me see because you know you gotta give the good with the bad or you could take it without you know just have yes man but uh <laughs> so anyways um quavo hunter when that came out 2018 i was convinced that this man could not make a single body of work by himself sound good and with rocket power you know maybe it was actually powered by takeoff as this was really one of the best bodies of work i've heard in a while and hold me is my favorite track from it and um it's just so sentimental so gut-wrenching uh so real talking about how takeoff is just one of the things that um really impacted his life and him giving certain sentiments on how to get through it it's just one of those feel-good type tracks that everybody can listen to and whether um you're going through it or not it's just really an uplifting track and um a positive message i would say and um I mean, just reading off some of the lyrics, you could probably already know what I'm talking about. But basically, the the whole, uh, don't you feel like you can get through the hard times looking right at the dark when the lights shine? I suggest you hold me. We live different lives and races all in different places. I need you to hold me. If you lost and you can't find it, you ain't the only one that's been crying. Just pull up on me. Yeah, if you lost, you can't find it. You're the only one that's been crying just pull up on me and i need you hold me that's yeah that man was going crazy with that track and um i think it was more of the sentimental fact uh sentimental value um that got me because of course being a huge migos fan when takeoff passed was a huge deal um which still is a huge deal so when you see an album constructed like this honoring and giving so much praise um also with this level of quality it's just a match made in heaven literally so um quavo really did his thing with hold me really did his thing with the entire album but you know that's that's for the next segment so that's my top 10 list to go over it once more um let me see let me go back to my playlist so to go over it once more which is already if you want to listen to it right now it's on my link tree just um, click my link tree in my bio is at towards the bottom it says what i'm listening to and it has all my playlists and this is one of them and as you can see it's my top 10 right here number 10 I put it on the floor again featuring Cardi B and uh, Made by Lotto. Bread and Butter came at number nine by Gunna. Del Resto by, uh, made by Travis Scott featuring Beyonce. False Idols coming in at number seven with The Weeknd featuring Little Baby. Number six, Am I Dreaming, uh, produced by Metro Boomin featuring ASAP Rocky and Rosie. Number five. Paint the Town Red by Doja Cat. Definitely gonna need some holy water after that one. Number four, Just the Memories by Nicki Minaj. Put out a classic body of work, literally. Number three, Motto by NF. The dark horse of the hip-hop industry. Puts up numbers, but never wants to show his face. It's like the modern-day academics. It's, it's really crazy. Number two, Away From Home by Drake. He puts out certain 
things in the community that's just leaps and bounds above everyone. And I just really want people to realize that we should not take Drake for granted because I'm not going to lie to you. Hip hop needs Drake at this point. The way that hip hop performed in 2023, just think if Drake didn't drop. He had the biggest numbers. Food for thought. Anyways, and number one, overall, Hold Me by Quavo. He called me biased, you know what I mean? But hey, I was a huge Migos fan. Takeoff's passing really um, had an effect on Quavo, obviously, and Offset. And for him to come out with this body of work honoring his nephew, uh, it was just, it was just really really well done and executed uh efficiently and hold me which is my favorite track from that album so that is going to be and overall it's just a, a it's just a general uplifting positive track so it comes in at number one uh for my top 10 list I, ironically a positive track comes in at number one for my hip-hop list so anyways um click my link tree in my bio let me know on one of my social medias what do you think about my top 10 tracks of 2023 what do you think uh i should have had on there what do you think i should have left off and what is your personal favorite track of 2023 this is only for the real spitters the real rappers the real boom bap type floaters this is hip-hop top five rappers of 2023 obviously it's my own personal list so take that with a grain of salt as everybody has their own preference music is subjective but for me my top five rappers list is is very interesting in the fact that i don't think it's ever looked like this going throughout my history which if you want to see my documentation of music basically just click my link tree Towards the bottom, you will see what I'm currently listening to, and you will see my public playlist. I basically have a uh, a whole archive of all my favorite songs throughout the years, and you can probably get a glimpse into how I like to listen to music and what stood out to me and what's my favorite. So anyways, um, top five rappers of 2023 is an interesting one because number five, which is it's not going to take... Um, I'm not going to take up too much of your time because when I talk about real spitters, obviously there's not a lot of them. So it was pretty easy pickings. I mean, when you actually attempt to rap and put words together, then you're probably going to end up on this list. I ain't going to lie to you. But as far as my top five, I feel like these rappers obviously should be on here. So at number five, not going to lie to you, has to be Mr. Quavius. Now, why is it Quavo? I want y'all to... Why is Quavo... On my top five rappers list is literally because he came out with something that i think was just one of his best bodies of work ever i think um the whole tribute album called rocket power it's just a masterfully crafted album to the point where i had to put him on my list as the top five rappers because if you notice no rappers on this list did not put out an album and if you only have features if you only have singles you're not going to end up on my list because you're not putting out the same material as people i think they're also giving the same level of quality when it comes to lyrics because as far as putting words together quavo was really given some bars and also gems on this album i mean to start off basically 
um, having the chorus. Let me see. I don't think that was it. Well, which one was the single? Was it Fueled Up? I don't think it was like that. Uh, I'm trying to find which one I was talking about. Oh, here it is. Greatness. So after listening to uh, Hold Me, after listening to Greatness, after a lot of a lot of tracks, multiple tracks off of his album, I realized that this man Quavo was actually taking time to put lyrics and meaningful lyrics into this album, which, you know, over the time, uh, over time, you will realize that Migos sonically definitely has a certain sound that you like to hear. But as far as lyrics, you probably ain't paying too much attention to like it's like it's, as long as they rhyming, we don't really care. So anyways, this man was actually putting words together and basically talking about how greatness is. And obviously at the end, he was talking about how uh, takeoff. But uh, there was a specific part in this track. I think it's right. Oh, yeah, here it is. Um, I know I can't look backwards. That's dangerous. I had to go read the Bible and take a few pages. Hunt your influence. Now I turn pages. I turn to pages. Never forget that the Migos amazing. Look at the ice and not in my pants. You know that them young people made it. Your mind right. Little, well, that's expletive. You never know you could be famous. I got this out the mud. Caught a little buzz. Then QC changed it. Like, he's actually giving some personal... Um, reflection and that's always my favorite thing when you give actual personal tidbits of your life in the music because i feel like it's like a vessel for um getting your emotions across and who wants to hear somebody else's emotions like uh everybody else is taken so why not just be you so anyways he said what else it was, it was some other it was another bar he said Um, I think that was the biggest one. Never forget the Migos, amazing. But then, I, honestly, fueled up was good. Um, hold up was probably. I'm, I'm trying to give you some tracks that that really showed him that he was uh you know he was really giving getting his bars off. So I would say greatness, rocket power. Um, let's see. And then yeah, that's basically. It. So anyways, um, like I said, 2023 for hip-hop. I'm not going to say the bar was in you-know-what, but hey, Quavo made my number five, so you already know what that means. So anyways, uh, <laughs> number four. Um, this is going to be the most outlandish one for me personally because I feel like he should have came in higher. But personally, looking at it from my perspective and looking at the grand the landscape, I feel like he could have touched on a certain more topics and gave us more introspective bars. As my favorite track from him was the most introspective one, and he really only had like two of those before he put out his uh, extension of For All The Dogs. So yes, I know this is going to surprise a lot of people, but Drake is on number four for all the... Um, of my top five rappers of 2023 i can't even get it out it's 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 it's, it's flabbergasting to me how my goat came in at number four on my list for top five rappers of 2023 because the people ahead of him i just felt like gave a lot more unique flows son and sonically uh performed uh just at a higher level because i always say i mean drake has a limited vocal range right but 
still he works with it and he, he is like the tom brady of hip-hop you know he, he has a limited range of uh talent but he really maximizes his uh potential <laughs> so he's still the goat though don't get it twisted he's still the goat putting up numbers switching from latin music to uk drill if you want to so don't get it twisted but anyways um the reason why is it why does this list look like this what in the world oh goodness uh let me see Dre. why did that list look like that that was weird genius be doing everything uh for all genius be doing everything and nothing at all like, why is this why is this what let me just search it hopefully it pulls it up can we pull up the english version we got that they ain't got the english version i mean obviously it's english but i don't know what oh also um analytic dreams video on spotify to see the video along with the audio but basically i'm trying to pull up his album right now i don't know why genius is acting like this popular Drake. ah here we go the regular list i don't know what the other list was all right so as you can see 29 tracks is crazy but um anyways that's the extension so before it was just 22 which is still a lot but anyways which was also 22 for nikki but we're not going to spend too much time on drake because i just don't want to keep highlighting the fact that he's one of my favorites but i had to be honest and say that he really didn't um outperform these other rappers when it comes to rapping in 2023 like of course song making is different than rapping but as far as the lyrical ability and even the extension with uh scary hours edition i don't think he was rapping better than these other um rappers that i have ahead of him and i think honestly the critiques of his subject matter is valid but i would say the way that he did it with scary hours was too on the nose like he kept saying he kept saying Leica. like Leica was like uh i think conjunction is the right word when you're rapping and you use a conjunction that many times in a row it starts to stand out to people who listen to you a lot you don't usually use the same conjunction when you're putting bars together and for drake he kept saying oh i'm rapping like a some 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 or i'm doing this like a some 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 or i'm doing this like a some like it was just not really flowing organically it was very forced like why are you using that same conjunction over and over and over again like i'm just like bro switch it up <laughs> like there's other ways to give metaphor and similes without con combining it with a like a say something and make it make sense without i'm doing this like a bad boy in the 60s like no bro like you gotta stop saying like a like you something else that's the only thing that was really that was that was really bothering me that that drake kept doing that because throughout the whole album before the extension and he did say he made scary hours in like what two days so it makes sense but still drake do better rap better and um as far as song making uh, obviously top tier like song making and straight rapping is a little different hopefully y'all know that so anyways um because this is a rapping list not best song maker best rapping list uh doja cat comes in number three i know that was abrupt transition but um i'm gonna need some holy water throughout this whole segment because let me tell you something 
Doja Cat was really putting it up for me. Like, I know you see that and you see her, you know, worshiping the devil, um, wanting to give her soul to Satan, you know, all that good stuff. Well, not good stuff, but all that uh, blasphemy stuff and um, blasphemous stuff. And I was messing with it. I like the album. She rapping. She giving bars. I mean, talk about, you know how I struggle to find songs for Quavo. I didn't really find too many songs with Drake besides Away From Home as like ones that I think he put his life perspective into the track. Um, Doja Cat really went off on y'all. She was like, I'm tired of y'all talking about me. And guess what? I'm going to have a bunch of songs talking about exactly that. And one of my favorite ones, of course, I already said Paint the Town Red um, in my earlier segment. But for this one, I'm talking about I think it was this one. Was it Uchi's? I think it was Uchi's. Let's see. Oh yeah, this one was crazy. Talk about vocal inflection times ten. I was like, is this the is this the female version of Kendrick? Doja Cat was going crazy with the vocal tone tonality and the switch ups on the fly. Like she was really, she was rapping, rapping. I mean, she said, I don't want to instigate. Yeah, I really phone it in with the music lately. I don't need another hit because it's useless, really. I ain't looking good. You are, you hallucinating. Like, this is referring to things that's happened in the past with people calling her out about, like, changing her look up. People talking about how the music ain't hitting, even though she had Paint the Town Red as one of the most, uh, uh, one of the best performing tracks of 2023. I mean, she she's addressing stuff, but also keeping it general, which is why I think top rapping is always easy to spot because you know specifically what they're talking about but they're not saying that specifically if that makes sense it's, it's very much subliminal rap which is why jay-z is one of my favorite rappers of all time so anyways let's keep going so every time i hear him talk i assume they crazy you could open up for me who are you first lady shut it down mid show tell them forget you pay me that's a new mercedes i'm graduating and then, i mean you can you can keep going i mean there's so many um performances on this album and to the point where she even has a freestyle at the end of this she was like you know i still got some i got some more bars to get off my chest and forget that forget her album let me see um what was this called was it kill bill kill bill remix you already know where i'm going with this for my sister fans out there i mean doja hopped on this track and went crazy she said uh, she said a whole scenario with her ex-boyfriend and his girlfriend at the time and how she came in and basically she was rapping and she said, so I tried to be discreet and told her, calm your expedition, you know, peachy podcast. She grabbed the kitchen knife. So I pulled out the blick. I ain't got it all the time. Thank God I did for this. Imagine Doja Cat saying, thank God. Ironic, right? Anyway, so let's keep going. Cause she's seeing red and all I saw was you. It happened in a flash when she charged at me. Y'all crisscrossed, saw her fall to the floor. Then you paused there in horror. That shot wasn't for her. Mm -mm -mm. Poetry at its finest, man. So that's why Doja Cat's on my top three list because, well, top five list at number three because she was just leaps and bounds rapping. I'm not going to say circles because I really don't want to disrespect my goat. Like Drake, you make great songs, but as far as rapping, there's just certain people that that did it better this year. That's it. Just this year. Totality, to, you know, in totality wise, I feel like you're still that dude. But this year, Doja Cat really one ups you on the on the on the rapping. Rapping, literally Kendrick esque. Doja Cat was rapping Kendrick esque on this uh project. So, anyways, replayability obviously 
for me wasn't as high simply because the subject matter doja cat talks about you know a lot of things with you know guys it's hard to say you know verbatim you know what, what they be saying in songs you know without coming across unless you are that way you know and that's okay you know what i'm saying to each his own different strokes for different folks anyways um number two nf dark horse of the hip-hop industry puts up numbers never shows his face i don't know why he does that but hey if he doesn't want to do black media then i guess he can do that because he's white right so anyways uh hope is the reason why i put him on this list nf as a rapper puts up performances lyrically that's second to none I would say if I was a rapper myself, I would try to be a mixture of NF and Drake simply for the fact that NF does not curse in his music and lyrically he is just superior to a lot of people. And, you know, of course, song making Drake, that's where he comes in. So anyways, um, I mean, you, where can you not go with this album to talk about his lyrics? Like everything on his album is is filled with triple quadruple entendres like he's really putting things in a perspective he's putting words together in a way that could mean one thing or it could mean another it could mean both could mean something totally different and it all makes sense so uh let's just go with careful the only feature i think he had oh no he also had julia michaels so let's go with the only feature the only rap feature he had and see how he showed up right because Corday is not a slouch himself. So if you invite him on the track, which I think he wanted J. Cole on his track. I mean, he literally says, sit on my roof like J. Cole. I'm pretty sure he probably tried to reach out for J. Cole. And, and shame on J. Cole if he did reach out and he didn't give him a verse. Imagine NF and Jermaine. I'm not even a Jermaine fan. And that would have went crazy. But I think he settled... You know, disrespect, no disrespect to Corday, but I think he just went lower down in that same lane and kind of picked Corday, um, which I don't think Corday would take that as disrespect. I don't think he's, I don't think he thinks he's at the same level as J. Cole, but maybe he does. I don't know. Um, NF, basically, actually, Corday is technically, nah, <laughs> let me chill. Definitely not on the same level. Uh, NF, basically, you know, I'm not going to say he slaughtered corday corday put up a nice little fight but at the end of the day nf said call up my dad i told him i got you you want to retire then do it you're good called up my grandmama told her it's time to move out of that basement let's get you a crib called up my manager told him get ready it's about to get busy this record is called up my called up to god and asked him you watching my back he ain't say nothing back but i heard what he said when you see how i'm living the answer is obvious when you go from poverty, poverty stricken and stressing about buying the groceries to not even having to look at the total, you know you've been blessed. That's that's Big, Big Sean esque right there. I mean, obviously Big Sean, you know, I don't know what he's doing. So we just talking about NF right now. So that is that is uh, personal reflection and a high, higher power rapping at its finest. Like, I mean, talk about having your priorities in check. And putting it into rap, I mean, that's like counterproductive to the whole movement of the 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 holy trinity of topics, right? You you're not supposed to be rapping like this. You're not supposed to be positive like this, and make it sound good. That's why NF is not number two for me, and um, deservedly so, because I don't really think there's anybody um messing with him when it comes to rapping, except 
for my number one. And come on now, at this point, you sure already know who it is. I mean, does she really need an introduction? She's on my top rapper list of all time for a reason. Like, Onika Tanya Mirage really showed out this year. And boy, did she come with basically a buzzer beater. I'm not going to say she came with uh, a, a three down two, but she came late into the game it's like when somebody show up late in the AAU game show up in the second half and drop like 30 that's basically what Nikki did she showed up in the fourth quarter December and dropped a whole 30 piece no a whole 50 piece in a biscuit to shout out uh, Giannis when he won the finals like Nikki when it came to rapping was putting up song making and superior lyricism in one album which is why i believe that this album is a total classic like pink friday 2 it's just something that nobody really has came close to replicating this year and um the biggest thing with nikki and her rapping is sometimes she has that detroit-esque flow where she would say something and she would no really big sean i keep bringing up big sean i wish she would put out music consistently right anyways Nicki Minaj has a Big Sean-esque type flow where she would say something and then she would uh, emphasize the last word. Like, she'd be like, oh, it's raining. And, uh, no, I forget. Um, My wrist is flooded and she'd be like, drowning. You know what I mean? Like, it'd just be like the last word would be like super emphasized to the point where it's like, are you okay? Like, you ain't supposed to be rapping like that. Like, it's not the 50s. No, it's not the, my fault. Not the 80s no more, you know? So anyways, she modernized her flow a little bit, uh, modernized her flow a little bit, and you can really tell that with uh, Beep Beep, of course, she gets off on that one. I mean, she gets off every track. Every track on this album, she gets off. But if we really want to go to the best lyrically um, enhanced track, I'm trying to think, because she, she, she has some performances. Oh, you have to go to everybody, yeah. I mean, come on now. She said... I mean, you know, it's a little ignorant, but also she rapping. She said all these um, PG podcasts. So we're just going to say expletive. All these expletives on my body. Spend another bag on my body. You ain't mess with a new body. Every whip heavy on a new body. Shorty bad because she ain't nobody. Pretty face with a Barbie doll body. Another year, another Vince Lump. Like, and then if you don't know, she kind of pulled a gunner, which I'm not mad at, you know, I'm not saying Gunna started the whole, oh, use a sample from somebody random and, and them saying the word as um, the F You Mean song was number one for a reason. So everybody in the world started to copy. And I mean, I think Tyga came out with a, a brand new, uh, basically a, a complete ripoff of F You Mean because it came out so soon and so close to uh, when F You Mean was like doing numbers on the charts to where it's like, bro, Tyga, you know, we see you copying him, right? But I guess, you know, artists think we oblivious or whatever. But anyways, the whole having somebody say something over and over. I mean, obviously Gunna didn't start that, but it's a reason why F You Mean was number one. And I think that was a big reason. Like, I think people quote the uh, the girl saying, I forget what the word is, but that little sound effect she's making throughout F You Mean. I think people quote that way more than they quote the actual song. I mean, when they say uh, QP, QPC, whatever. When they'd be like, QP, QPC, and then everybody's like uh, yelling or whatever. I think everybody just loves that part. But Tyga did it with the brand new, horribly, it was just horrible track. Um, somebody else did it. Oh, Quavo did it. Quavo did it with the Obama 
track, which, you know, technically, Takeoff's ad-lib is Mama. So it's not like they completely ripped off Gunna by just having somebody say uh, ad-lib throughout the entire track. But it's like, y'all know what's number one in hip-hop for a reason. Because if you don't know, uh, F You Mean was the most played hip-hop song of 2023. So people was like, well, let's just try to, you know, make that type of song. And everybody failed except for, ironically, everybody. The track by Nicki Minaj and Lil Uzi. And the way that she was rapping, why I kept saying body, I mean, it's just peak Nicki. Because I'm not going to say Uzi had trouble keeping up with the sample, but... You know, at sometimes it felt like the sample was was uh, too fast for him. But anyways, um, Nikki said, you know, I, I ain't trying to be buddy body. I'm a multi million dollar home body. Hollow Point's gonna go through your body, watching them expedos bath and body. He be kissing all over my body, and then you know after that part, you know, it, guys, you know, have a little trouble. Mean that, but anyways, she ended it off saying another year, another Vince Lombardi. Mm-mm-mm. So, anyways, um, that's probably not the best track to talk about her lyrics. Let me see. She has another one. That was more of the um, that was more of the mixture. I was trying, to, I was getting that with the whole lyricism combined with uh actual quality. But if we talk about lyrics, oh, we got to go to beep beep. This one's insane. Uh, this track is so short. Why not that one? Probably the first one. First one is so introspective. That's probably probably the best one to go to. You never got to meet Papa. He's sweet, proper. Keep he keep Mama on my toes. I needed help. You booked a flight, and then you know it was just real introspective stuff. I'm I'm reading off the uh, Are You Gone already, which is the intro to peak friday too so um what else you had my life which personally if we were talking about favorite tracks and if it wasn't uh my second favorite track would probably have to be this one uh let's see Uh, I think my favorite line off this track is if the queen sleeves put a bag on it then it's gun smoke I don't know why I think that's so fire and then uh verse two let's see she was talking about somebody she says stay in your toy lanes i'm not iggy i don't know what is that i think it's ftcu oh yeah here it is stay in your toy lanes expedive i'm not iggy now if you don't know apparently megan the stallion has been biting iggy azalea for some time now for quite some time and I know, right? Why buy Iggy Azalea? But hey, that's what Megan's doing. And there's been like document, not documentaries, just uh, videos, think pieces, if you will, made on Megan Thee Stallion copying people. But technically, a lot of artists copy. I mean, a word of advice, if you're not copying something, obviously not verbatim, but if you're not copying something, it's probably not great. Like, everybody's copying something. <laughs> I mean, if you're doing something you totally unique, then I guess kudos to you. But I'm not going to lie. Like, anything you do in life, you're probably copying somebody. you probably seen it. And even if you didn't see it, somebody probably did it before you. And um, you probably just ended up getting it subconsciously or 
reiterating that same sentiment that you saw in a movie tv show like i don't think any thought is a hundred percent original that's basically what i'm trying to get at so anyways um yeah nikki don't like megan i mean what's new so anyways <laughs> but it's just bars like that it's like she really had uh bars throughout this whole album um lyricism which is at 10 uh really the the thing that got me was the the way that she mixed in wordplay with replayability because the thing about nikki is sometimes it'd be hard to listen to her music because it feels like a chore to get through her lyrics but now it feels like more of a dessert than an actual like i don't know if protein shake is the right word but basically something that's enjoyable to indulge in rather than something you feel like you have to so like the eminem effect like sometimes eminem hits that sweet spot with the Oh, big song matched with the masterclass of lyricism for for Nikki. I think she finally did that, but with an entire body of work, which is why she had to come at number one for my top five rappers of 2023. And with that being said, that's my list for my top five rappers of 2023. Obviously, I don't think I have a playlist for that. But anyways, so to go back over it, of course, number five, we have Quavius, which, you know, kind of shows you that rapping and hip-hop people don't do that no more not to disrespect quavo because you know he definitely put his heart and soul into that takeoff tribute album that i think was one of the best albums of the year but i will say that him ending up at my top five um a little discouraging but whatever number four also pretty discouraging is drake ended up at number four and music is subjective so i guess i guess i could have acted like they, they had a better performance than they actually did but uh looking at them compared to the field drake just had to be at number four i just don't think he was rapping nearly as good as any of the people above him on this list and speaking of those people number three i had doja cat of course number two i had nf and then number one i had onika tanya mirage aka the queen so she lived up to her name once more once again, the Barb showed out, uh, Nikki showed out, the album showed out, everything showed out. Top five rappers of 2023 list for me personally, keep that in mind. So with that being said, click my link tree in my bio. Let me know one of my social medias. What do you think of my top five rappers list? Who do you think I should have left out? Who do you think I should have put in? And who was your favorite rapper of 2023? I almost got on my Stephen A tip and had to put on a suit for no reason. Even though this is an audio broadcast, I feel like putting on a suit. Cause I was like, you know what? This is professional. You're talking about your top five albums of 2023 in hip hop. And you know, you are an avid connoisseur of the genre of hip hop. Then I thought about it. I realized who gonna see me in this suit? I ain't doing all this work to put on a suit and nobody gonna see me. So I ain't put on a suit. You know, long story short, that, that's, uh, that, yeah, that's it. So long story short, it's, the story ended. So um, technically it was short. Um, anyways, <laughs> so the top five albums of 2023. If you don't know, I'm a pretty avid hip-hop connoisseur. Um, obviously with the podcast, I cover hip-hop and gaming. But throughout the... Throughout my life, I've always been avid in both and authentically engaged in both. So it's not just a facade. And um, my link tree towards the bottom, like second to the bottom, I have this playlist, which is called What I Listen To. And part of that playlist, some people may have already picked up on what I think is the best albums of 2023, because that list is literally an embodiment of all the top five uh, lists throughout the years since 2016 so i literally documented my favorite tracks albums of 
2016 up. So if you look at that tab in my link tree that says what I'm listening to, and uh, basically it's Dreams with a Z on Spotify if you want to just look it up. And my profile basically has my public playlist, all the it's basically like my hip hop archive if you will so you can definitely get a a great uh portrait of my favorite music that's came out throughout the years with that being said we're specifically talking about 2023 and my top five albums of 2023 is very interesting because i like when of course lyricism meets re repeatability that also meets different moods now after i have to explain different moods because some people may not know what that means i have aka vibes but some people may not know what that means basically different settings where you can play the same music different moods that's what i mean play music with your parents play music at the gym play music I mean, I'm not going to say at church, but, you know, like somewhere else. So <laughs> so anyways, you get what I'm saying. Like, it's very much fitting. It's very fitting, these albums, for every mood. And they have songs for whatever vibe you're going for. And with that being said, uh, I think that's the perfect transition and to get into my number five on the list, which if I can pull it up. Number five on the list, which is why do they keep bringing up the Spanish version? What's up with... uh? What's up with Genius? Uh, let's see. Oh, okay, here we go. So, anyways, like I was saying before I uh, got thrown off by Genius just not giving me the right list. Number five, we have the one and only Utopia by Travis Scott. I know, shocker. Actually, it is a shocker to my supporters because y'all probably know how I talk about Travis Scott and how he had multiple incidents of inciting a riot until leading up into the Astro situation where a bunch of people died. But, you know, he didn't give an apology. And now nobody, nobody, you know, really brings that up no more. So, um, yeah. Nice to end on a morbid note, you know? No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Um, Utopia by Travis Scott is interesting because it's such a great body of work. Amazing body of work, Ken, uh, Kanye-esque in the way that he's experimenting with sound, but he's also giving us quality. Like, he's not just fake experimenting about fake experimenting. I'm talking about certain artists who try to experiment with the sound, but only are experimenting with the sound because they wasn't good at hip-hop in the first place. Travis Scott is one of those that knows what he's doing in the genre of hip-hop, knows how the ones and twos are supposed to sound, the 808s, the hi-hats, knows how certain sonics are supposed to blend in with others, know how the samples are supposed to come in. Like, did you know, I saw this, like, a, like when it first came out, of course, but when Meltdown came out, I was like, what is that sound? Like, obviously, it was a Star Wars sound, but I was like, what, is, uh, what particular scene is that sound from? Do you know that somebody went in and had a whole sample list of a whole um, video describing and showcasing the the origin of samples throughout Utopia. When I tell you that Travis Scott is meticulous with the way he crafts his albums, that is an understatement. And that is why it's on this list because Travis Scott really does the utmost due diligence when it comes to putting together bodies of work. And that's why Utopia made number five. And as far as like something to listen off of Utopia, if you want like a, a snapshot of what you are probably going to uh, enjoy, Definitely melt, uh, Meltdown featuring the GOAT. I mean, come on now. Uh, 
del resto featuring beyonce and then i'll probably say for number three i know question mark um those are good tracks to start with to kind of get a glimpse of what utopia is going to sound like and uh if you will like it or not but anyways number five travis scott utopia comes in on my list number four for my top five albums of 2023 we have i'm gonna keep calling him this because of course he's white so i'm gonna keep <laughs> calling him the uh, dark horse of hip-hop because i just think it's funny um in the in the um ironic situ uh the ironic sense anyways hope by nf i know y'all probably like who in the world is this man let me tell you nf put up the top five um first week sales he was he was in the top five of first week sales so that means that he's impacting the charts that's not why he's not here i think he's actually one of the best rappers i've ever heard in life like ever lifetime top three top five i would probably have kendrick nf and then probably like drake you know as far as a rapping no as far as a rapper no no i still have drake above nf i'm sorry i misspoke with that one um as far as rapping I think NF is top tier, like all time great when it comes to putting together words and metaphors, similes, double, triple entendres. Like he's really gifted in wordplay and it showcases and he uh, he showcases it effortlessly. The album Hope is just a perfect snapshot of how an F attacks a beat uniquely. Like it's Eminem-esque the way that NF raps. And I'm being so serious. So, and not in a bad way. I would say, because, you know, sometimes Eminem is a quiet taste. I feel like NF, no, NF is also a quiet taste. Like you have to, it's definitely a quiet taste. But listening back to Hope, it just gets better and better and better every single time I listen to it. And I, I think it's strictly because of his wordplay, the, the level of quality he's putting into the album, and just his overall dedication to the craft to actually give you some type of perspective into what he, he's been going through in his life. In which I always say, my favorite type of albums, well, my favorite type of artists are ones that put their life experiences into the music. Because, uh, music is a vessel to express your emotions and if you're expressing somebody else's emotions then you're not doing you're, you're doing a uh disservice to the hip-hop culture because everybody else is taken why not be yourself and give you a unique story and let me tell you nf is the embodiment of that so many gems sprinkled throughout so many bars sprinkled throughout and definitely don't get it twisted he still knows how to make a track i mean just listen to motto off of hope listen to careful or listen to bullet like he really knows how to make a track along with masterclass level of lyricism so with that being said let's get into my number three off of my top five albums of 2023 and guess what i didn't think he could do it man i didn't think he could do it but quavo somehow and I say somehow, cause I didn't. I, I honestly didn't think she, like this. This surprised even me. I was like, I was, I was like, Quavo made this. Like I was waiting for Quinn Miller to come out the cut. I was like, there's no way Quavo made this. There's no way. I mean, going from Quavo Huntro, that had all the biggest industry names in the world, 
back in October 12th, 2018. I mean, this man has so many industry names. He had his, he had his, uh, a cousin or whatever. I don't know. Offset said they're not blood related at this point. You know, Offset need help. But, um, he said, no, no, he had all the biggest names in the industry on Quavo Huntro, even had his cousin Offset's biggest op on his album. If y'all don't know, Little Baby and his goons reportedly stripped down Offset after a dice game because he didn't pay up. I don't know if that actually happened, but there's reports out there, and they may or may not be video. I just don't want to expose the man like that, you know? So I'm going to let you look it up for yourself. So that's why Lil Baby and the Migos seemingly had beef, but really the whole time it was just Lil Baby and Offset. So um, Quavo had Lil Baby on his uh, album, not caring whatever Offset was thinking about. Literally had the Lil Baby feature right after the Offset track, so you already know what that means. So <laughs> I don't know if Quavo was trying to send shots all the way back in 2018, but here we are. 2023, um, oh, I brought the album up because I wanted to say it was trash. Yeah, Quavo Huncho, all those names in the world couldn't save it. Drake couldn't save it. Think about it. 21 Savage, Drake, he even had Sweetie on there. That's funny. Um, so, 21 Savage, Drake, Lil Baby, Travis Scott, I mean, goodness, DeVito, Kid Cudi, I mean, what more help? How much help do you need to make a trash album? That was, that was really an atrocious body of work right there. So, anyways, fast forward, 2023, Rocket Power. I mean, it was just unrecognizable. Like, it was night and day. Uh, Quavo made this? I'm going to keep saying that. I, I just, obviously, it was a tribute to Takeoff, so I think that has something to do with it. I think he wanted to show a, a, a little bit more, um, he wanted to do, a put forth a little more due diligence for the tribute album to Takeoff, and boy, did he put out, or did he put together a, a, a great body of work. Not only was it a great Takeoff tribute, but it also had single energy single energy from quavo giving us anthems like unrelated to tribute because he had his tracks specifically dedicated to take off of course but then he had his solo tracks where he was just you know rapping like quavo usually rap well not usually this is a little different like quavo was i don't know what got into quavo like they do say like loss brings out the best in, in musicians but man i i mean you know, I would wish somebody don't go through that, but goodness, if it didn't turn into a result into a great body of work. Rocket Power by Quavo. I don't know what got into that, man. That whole album is just phenomenal from top to bottom. So, yeah, hopefully he can keep that up, but that's crazy. Um, If we're talking about Rocket Power and me giving you some suggestions off of that one, basically, I would say hold me is my, well hold me if you don't know spoiler alert uh, well if you listen to the episode you already heard it but hold me is my favorite track of 2023 so definitely that one um turn your click up with future i mean goodness future still hates russell wilson like what did that man do not just playing i know he does but uh, i know what he did anyways and then i like disciples i like disciples for the simple fact that he pulled a little va uh not little vaughn i'm tripping a uh, little dirt Basically, he said he's sliding, but he ain't trying to say it. He basically saying all the tears for my mans. Wipe my eyes, then start laying. Don't be talking. Somebody watching. Get off the phone. Somebody clocking. What we doing? Somebody hopping the whip. Let's. Hey, all I know is that's probably the FBI anthem right now. They probably be bumping down the office like, man, I can't wait to get this man. Anyways, um, so yeah, that I mean that album, 
I don't know what got into Quavo, man. He really, he really did it with that one. Um, oh, top two. Now we have gotten to the top two of my list, well, of top five albums of 2023. So top two, and I would say not two, but he is two. And it may surprise some people. Cause I know what you're saying. You always think Drake better than everybody, right? Well, not this time. Not this time. Drake comes at number two for all the dogs. And this was a hard number two. Because remember, look up for all the dogs analytic dreams review, which I think that was my, my most popular review ever. Um, people really seem to like that review. I think they I think just cause it shined through that I'm a authentic and actual Aubrey Graham fan. Like it's not one of those where it's just doing it for clicks. Like I actually I've been like I remember my first C D. Yes, C D, I'm that old. My first C D when I had um uh Thank Me Later, which you know has scratched me out and said thank me now. But you know, um listening to fireworks on my C D player, listening to all the other tracks. Like obviously, you know, people probably be like, Oh, well, I was there for um so far gone and stuff like that. Like I'm I'm sorry, I didn't I was a little kid, I didn't know how to get mixtapes back then, you know. I'm hey. What are you gonna do? So, uh, yeah, the first CD I got was uh, "Thank Me Later," and um, ever since then I was just like, "Dang, this man is different." Of course, I've always said Big Sean was my favorite artist. He left me in my high school years, sad day in history, and Drake kept dropping music, so he became my favorite over time. He was always in my top two, top three, though. Um, yeah. So Drake is number two on my list of top five albums of 2023 because like i said for all the dogs it's just one of the greatest albums that he's ever made um i think it's in his top five top four uh statistically it's still up there i mean it's his first time putting up five tracks in number one since scorpion i mean if that don't tell you something i don't know what will if if y'all don't remember scorpion had in my feelings i'm not i don't even have the track list up scorpion had in my feelings uh nice for what um it was it was other ones. Uh, I'm trying to think of the big ones though. God's plan. I mean, even that that's a mouthful in itself. Like Scorpion is also a classic. Um, but for all for all the dogs, I, I've never. I don't think I've ranked the. I think I've ranked the uh, Drake albums, but I don't. I haven't written it down. But I think it's like in my top five, top ten. Top ten is crazy because how many albums do I, do, <laughs> does Drake have? So um. I think it's in my top five. Because, of course, number one is Take Care By Far. Um, number two would be Nothing Was The Same. Both of those are classics. Number three would probably be Scorpion for me. And number four, probably have Four Other Dogs. And then number five, I probably have uh, probably Views. And a lot of people hit me about that list. It was like, dang, no love for What A Time To Be Alive or If You're Reading This Is Too Late. I think both of those are mixtapes in the in the sense of uh production wise and i'm really more of a i need to hear the effort and i don't know why but when people put together samples to mix in with their tracks obviously not no nice for what like i killed nice for what because i'm like bro it's just a sample like is it even a song if it's the samples overplaying your lyrics but anyways if you use a sample in a unique way that you're creating some type of artistic a twist to it then i'm more inclined to uh let it let it slide so but mixtape drake i mean it's cool but i prefer album drake so that's why those not really on my list um replayability is through the roof though but also i need some lyricism and um 
yeah, I, I just think for all the dogs, he's one of his best bodies of work when it comes to uh, blending the two. Because like I said, my criteria always is lyrics first, repeatability second, and then different moves third. Which if you don't know, different moves is basically you being able to listen to the same type of body of work in any scenario. Whether you're with your parents, whether you're by yourself, whether you're in the gym, whether you're with a significant other, I feel like being able to play the same body of work in different scenarios makes it superior to others. So for all the dogs, obviously that's, I mean, it would be number one if it wasn't for the fact that number, let's just get into it. It would be number one for the fact that uh, if it wasn't for the fact that Nikki just didn't care about people's feelings, like she just really came through and dropped one of the best albums ever, like of all time, like, Pink Friday 2 may be Nicki Minaj's best album of all time. And so for me, it comes at number one for my list. So top five albums of 2023, um, number one for me is Pink Friday 2. And the reason for that is because her first track is very slow. Made me feel like, ah, it's going to be another one of those where it's a slow burner. It's going to be hard to get through. And then Barbie Dangerous, FTCU, Beep Beep, uh, falling for you let me call like it just keep it kept going with hit after hit after hit after hit after hit i mean you look at the charts everybody no pun intended everybody is singing to the track and rapping to the track everybody i mean i've never seen that type of traction besides i'm trying to see who else i think i think nikki was top two in, in first week sales Maybe it was Travis. No, it was Travis. I think it was Drake. Well, not think. Drake is by far, like, come on now. Sometimes, you know what I mean? You got to make sure you put respect on a GOAT name. I know he may not be number one, but let's, let me, you know what I mean? Can't be disrespectful with it. So, number one was Drake, of course. I forget how much he sold. I'm talking about sales. So, um, I think he sold like 700,000. I'm not going to look it up. I think I, I'm just going off memory. Utopia sold like 500,000 Pink Friday sold like 200,000 Uzi sold like 100 120 130,000 and the NF sold like 101,000 I think that was the top 5 Yeah so anyways um why did I say that um I was just going over the list because I almost disrespected Drake. But anyways, uh, yeah, so Nicki really put together a classic body of work. Like, all of these tracks are fire. Like, it's, it's really crazy. I don't know if it's like a... That, that made me really... Pink Friday 2 made me really believe in the, the art of, of time and place. Because Pink Friday 2 should not be as highly acclaimed as it is. Because hear me out. December is really a month well second half is really a month of reflection of what just came out it's not the month to still be trying to see what is going to take the year as far as the best album or best song you know so for pink friday 2 to come as strong as it did it's like it's as if the the music and quality was so strong that nikki had to make sure everything was right for me 
I'm not gonna say it screams trying to be a perfectionist, but she could have put this out in the in the middle of the year, towards the beginning of the year. Okay, a lot of people are gonna start attributing this out. Mark my words, a lot of people are gonna start attributing Pink Friday 2 to 2024 when award season comes. But remember, it came out this year. So technically it's in the uh award cycle for next year, but it came out December of 2023. So just a little nitpick. But Besides that, Pink Friday 2, one of the best albums I've ever heard in life. And for a women rapper to put out content that I can confidently rap along to, well, some, not all of them, you know, Nikki still be wildin' on some of the bars. Like, you know, if if you swing that way, hey, teach his own. But for me, you know, straight male, um, some phrases and words that she uses, it's just not in my lexicon. It's, it's not in my roller, my mental Rolodex. It's not something that I would like to say or even think about saying, you know? So I can't really rap along to all of Nicki Minaj's lyrics. But for Pink Friday 2, I will say that majority, more than her other albums, I was able to actually, you know, confidently rap along with. So anyways, um, as far as the standouts, I would probably say... Beep Beep is such a great track, but it's so short. And obviously she had, uh, what's this called? The Gag City Deluxe that had 50 Cent as a remix. I think this is a guess. Straight up assumption. I'm guessing she wanted that 50 Cent feature for the album. Couldn't get it. Put out the album. Saw the critically acclaim and all the buzz surrounding it. And 50 Cent was like, you know what? I should I should have probably turned my verse in. Because <laughs> if you listen to the remix, it's not like 50 Cent did that remix in like one take. One or two takes. Like it seemed like he ain't really tried too hard. Like if I was Nicki, I would have been like, you know what? Just forget him. Like I would have got somebody else. Like I know 50 Cent a legend, but goodness, like. That man sound like he just rolled out of bed and made that verse. Like, I'm sorry. I know we the person treat our elderlies nice or our elder with respect. But goodness, 50 Cent, like, act like, at least act like you awake when you give him verses. Like, that man rolled out of bed, gave, uh, the turned in the verse to, to beep beep and, and thought it was going to be all, all, uh, all good. Like, that was, that was interesting. So, anyways, that's not it. But uh, so yeah, beep beep is too short. But if it wasn't short, I, I would say that would be a recommendation for me. So starting over, uh, at one. Let me calm down, featuring J Cole, big standout. I think that's the best track J Cole had, and a lot of people attribute that to a first person shooter. But I think the gems that J Cole gave on "Let Me Calm Down" is way more impactful than what he was saying on first person shooter, talking about him, Drake, and Kendrick being the top three. I think it's just way more impactful. Number two. Of course, I'll probably say I'm not going to be biased and say Needle featuring Drake. So, and I'm not going to pick any of the singles. Um, dang, what to pick? So many good tracks. I'll probably say Barbie Dangerous. Um, and then number three, I'll probably say My Life. And that's in no order. Because My Life is, well, actually, to put it in order, My Life would probably be my second favorite song. And the last track off of the album would probably be my favorite with the... Uh, just the memories. I don't know. I like I like personal reflection. If it hasn't, you know, if it, if that has hasn't been ingrained into your brain already, I like personal reflection. Nicki Minaj is one of the best at it. And as far as rapping, putting words together and making it into a way where it means a bunch of 
a bunch of different things. Nikki is the best at it. So that is my list for the top five albums of 2023. Um, to go back over it, of course, like I said, on my link tree towards the second um, to last, it should say what I'm currently listening to and should, should bring up this page right here. Hopefully if I could see it. Yeah, it should bring up this page right here, having all my public playlists. Yeah, this this is what you should see. And then as you can, you know, I have a you know archive right here all the way from 16. So, you know, I've been listening to music. That's that's really what I do. So <laughs> for 2023, of course, my top five albums is one, Utopia, featuring Travis Scott, two, NF, uh why is that why I say featuring Travis Scott? What in the world? Anyways, Utopia made by Travis Scott, album by Travis Scott. Um, number number four, Hope by NF. Number three, Rocket Power by Quavo. I still don't know what got into that, man. Out of all my selections, Quavo was the most surprising one. I'm like, dang, I never thought Quavo would make like such a great solo body of work. And that's no disrespect, but when you be in a group for so long and then you put out your first solo body of work and it's that abysmal, it's like... Okay, let me not even think about that man ever making music on his own. So when he came out with this, hey, hey, I guess I guess everybody has a comeback story, right? And then for all the dogs, number two, uh, by Drake, of course. I still think this album is a classic. And I think it's top five in Drake's discography. But the only I'm not even gonna it's not even a qualifier. Nicki Minaj Pink Friday 2 is the best album by far in 2023. Like it's Nicki Minaj's best album of all time, and she's been in the game a decade plus. So, anyways, hopefully, it gives you, hopefully, it gives y'all some type of idea um, on how I was listening to music throughout 2023 and how um, the music impacted me and what I gravitated towards and what was my favorite. But as always, click my link tree in my bio and let me know on one of my social medias. What do you think about my top five albums of 2023 list? And what do you think I should have took out? What do you think I should put in? And also, more importantly, what was your... And I really do, you know... I know a lot of y'all hit me with, like, y'all uh, takes and stuff. So definitely let me know. What was your favorite album of 2023? So that's about it for episode 133. Thanks for tuning in to the Notorious mass effect podcast and before we sign out for 2023 we'll let y'all know i appreciate you obviously at the beginning i talked about the statistics and everything in that nature um i'm going to put together a graphic so y'all know what y'all have accomplished throughout this year and i'll probably put together my red circle and youtube analytics because for some reason like I said at the beginning, I don't know if it's because I had premium. I don't know what it is, but TikTok and Twitter really only shows you like 30 to 90 days worth of uh, analytics. And if you're trying to do a year in um, snapshot, that's not going to help. So <laughs> YouTube and uh, Red Circle is probably going to be the ones I, I choose. And I may throw my video podcast in there. I may not. It just depends. So um, with that being afraid, uh <laughs> With that being said, don't be afraid to send me an email letting me know what you think of the show and what you want me to talk about in the next episode. Click my link tree in my bio to access to access my social medias and to keep on my latest activities. If you want to support the show financially, click my Cash App link located towards the bottom of my link tree as it helps the show overall. 
Make sure to share this podcast and rate this five stars on whatever platform you're currently listening on as this helps the show reach more people so we can grow together and affect the masses. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Notorious Mass Effect. See y'all in 2024. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.